across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Talk Radio. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Busy show this evening. We'll take your calls, but hold off for a bit. The first 30 minutes of the show, or thereabouts, we've got Ron Dante. Uh, a lot of you won't know the name, but you will know his voice. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. song and come away with a big stupid grin on your face most of you don't know that song and part of my job here doing this show on talk radio is um to i don't say impart wisdom (laughs) that's a little bit um heavy but is i like sharing stuff that i'm really into that you may not 
be so familiar with or you might have um you know preconceived ideas about now when i tell you that was the archies you'll go uh what uh sugar sugar yeah i know i know but they were a brilliant pop band and they're also one of the most interesting pop bands of all time you know i love my manufactured pop you know i love the monkeys and stuff like that well the archies was even more manufactured in as much as they were a cartoon and and the voice that you heard singing there is, is more than just the voice of the archies he's worked with all kinds of people produced and written for all kinds of people and it's such a thrill that uh, live from uh, los angeles california it's ron dante good evening ron well, good evening to you. So nice to be here. <laughs> oh, man. It is such a thrill to talk to you. Thank you so much for, for agreeing. What, what are you doing today, Ron? What, what hap- what, what's your typical day in Los Angeles at the moment? Well, I do a lot of things. I'm planning a, a, a new tour for next year. Yep. Uh, it's going to be called Bubblegum Pop. Beautiful. And it's gonna, we're going to have a bunch of artists on it, me and, and a few of my friends. Uh, some guy from uh, one of the guys from the Buckinghams. I don't remember the Buckingham. Yeah. kind of a drag. Yeah, a uh, group called the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. Yummy, yummy, the, yummy. Yes, and the Ohio Express that had uh, all kinds of things. So we were we're, we're putting I'm putting that together today, talking about what venues, you know, summer fairs yeah. next year and stuff. And you know, my typical day is to make some music. So I'm just so happy that I'm, I still have the opportunity to write. I still write songs. I'm, I'm doing a demo on one of my songs tonight. So it, things are really good. Isn't it, it, it funny, Ron, that, um, you know, there are so many 50th anniversaries today and this year, and the monkeys are still going. Um, 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 Flo and Eddie, the turtles are still going. You know, Mark Lindsay from the Raiders are still and not, and not just, you know, going. They're playing huge sell-out shows. What is it, do you think, about... It's interesting to use the word bubblegum, because, you know, bubblegum music was was kind of sneered at, and was, you know, it was disposable, it was plastic, it was rubbish, but it's still going 50 years later on. Why do you think that is, Ron? Well, I think the songs were really cool. Mm. They were great choruses. It was it was kind of a golden age of songwriting and recording because the technology caught up to this. You could actually keep it for all time, and and the songs were fun. You know, good old fashioned rock and roll yeah. pop songs that people could hum. I mean, my my record Sugar Sugar still gets played hundreds and hundreds of times a day uh, on different stations around the world. Yeah, and I'm just, just so happy. But I think it had to do with the fact that we made music that was fun music that was uh, that was a uh, great to dance to. Sugar Sugar was a huge dance hit yeah. in the discos and the clubs. So I think that's what caught it. And also, you have to realize a lot of great musicians played on these records. Uh, in New York City, where I made my records, the group that backed me up also backed up uh, when Paul McCartney came to town to do Ram. He used two of our <laughs> guitar players. Really. I mean, it was um, nobody knew that, but that yeah, was true. He, he, he used uh, you know, tons of people. So we were very lucky to, you know, to be making music at that time. And we, we knew it was fun and good and uh, and it's lasted hasn't it you like yeah, it and yeah. a lot of your fans do i was uh, listen I'm, I'm 43 ron and i was so uncool in the 80s because i was uh, you know i had a couple of archie's albums and a couple of david cassidy albums and you know and i was listening to that stuff and it is it is timeless it is timeless how did the archies come about for you because i know that don kirshner and for those who don't know, Don Kirshner was kind of like, he was nicknamed the man with the golden ear. He was a music publisher who could spot a hit like that. And he worked with, um, he gave Carol King her first break and Neil Sedaka and, and Neil Diamond, all these great people. Did, did he put the Archies together? How did that happen? 
Yes, uh, he was. He was uh, enlisted to be the music supervisor of a TV show, ca- the cartoon show based on the comic book Archie, and uh, he needed voices and musicians. He hired a great producer named Jeff Barry, who had written "Be My Baby" and "Hanky Panky" mm-hmm. and uh, "Benny Kissed Me" to do "Run Run." Really successful songwriter uh, producer. He hired him to do the production, and I knew both of them. So I heard they were looking for a lead voice. I called them up. I said, "Can I come over to the studio and uh, sing one of the songs that you've written for?" the Archies, and they brought me in, and they loved what I sounded like for the character, and that's why I ended up doing all those, we did four years worth of music for the four seasons that the Archies were on. And did you, how were they, because I don't know if the Archies cartoon was that big over here, I know they were hits, but I don't know about the cartoon, how was the cartoon, you know, the monkeys were derided, and and they they were physical people, what was the attitude from from um, you know the music press towards the Archies at the time? Well, you know the the record was number one around the world. Mm. In fact, in the UK, it was number one for six weeks. Wow! People were getting sick of it. It was <laughs> getting played so much. I've got to tell but you, Rod. I've got to tell you, Rod. Sorry to interrupt. Sugar, sugar was number one when my mum was in labour with my sister, yeah. and she ca- she can't listen to that record because it reminds her of of giving birth to my sister, so she <laughs> hates that record. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. That's funny. No, Sugar Sugar was number one, and in a lot of countries, most of the countries it was number one in, yeah. nobody had ever seen the cartoon or yeah. the TV show. So it was based solely on the the, 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 the quality of the music and the, the, the infectiousness of it, that people love to listen to it and dance to it. And uh, so, so we weren't derided as much as the monkeys in many ways right. because people, people cut us a lot of slack. They thought there was a real group, uh, although it was me singing lead with my friend Tony Wine doing backgrounds, a girl singer. And, uh, but we, we really committed to make great music because we knew it was going to be heard every Saturday morning here in the States, uh, you know, by t- tons of kids that mm. the first exposure to pop music would be the Archies, you know. So it, yeah. it, was, a, it was a great time. And, uh, you know, we, we were number one for four weeks here in America, too. Was, was there ever any frustration from you, Ron, that um, it was your voice that was, you know, was the lead voice on all these huge hits and millions and millions of records? Um, but at the time... No one knew what you looked like, and I'm guessing no one knew your name, did they? No, no one knew it. Uh, it was it was part and parcel of the deal. They they told me that this was a, this was like you, you'd be the uh, ghost voice of this group. You would be, you know, you, you uh, it would it was it was supposed to be anonymous, and it was fine with me. I, at the time, I was a jingle singer in New, in New York City, a commercial singer, yeah. singing commercials for for Pepsi and Coke and Dr Pepper and American Airlines and you name it. I was singing jingle, so I was very anonymous already. So it was it kind of was an, it was a normal thing for me, and I don't have a huge ego, even though I I think I can sing well. I, I'm not the kind of person that I needed all the publicity of it. I was very happy to have the number one record as a singer. You work all your career to have the number one. That's a big deal for a singer. Yeah. And uh, no matter in what, there's a big show in America called the Ed Sullivan Show. Mm. And they, when the record went number one, they played the cartoon. So <laughs> it was fine with me at the time. And I also had a commitment from Mr. Kirshner that I would do a couple of solo albums after this album mm. uh, that I did with the Archies. And they and they did give me that shot. But people seemed to want the Archies more than <laughs> so. It was it was the it was the luck of the draw. And what was what was Don Kirshner like? to work with i've heard you, you you hear various different reports one that he was a terrifying imposing figure and one that he was a big pussycat what was he like with you 
I have to tell you, I knew him since I was 17 years old. He signed me to my first publishing contract as a songwriter. He was like your uncle who would come over on a Sunday and give you a $20 bill. He was the <laughs> nicest guy. He was never imposing. He yeah. was never uh, hard on people. He loved songwriters. He loved artists. And if you look at all the people he gave a career to by signing them yeah. before they ever had hits, like Neil Sedaka, Carol King, Tony Orlando, uh, tons of people, you realize that he was a very, very good man. And he just got caught in the switches with the monkeys. Mm. He got caught in a, in a power play between the monkeys and the TV network and the producers. They squeezed him out. But in all fairness, he gave them mm. some giant hits. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he made sure I'm a believer, and you know, Last Train to Clarksville were monstrous hits. I mean, they were they had the number one album and single at different times. How did so they... I, I love the guy? I, he rest in peace. He was a great man. Yeah, he passed away what, what, three or four years ago now. Gosh, isn't it? Time, time is flying by. Yes. How, how did that? How did it work, Ron? Did you did you kind of um, have like a week in your diary where you were going to record, you know, twenty uh, Archie songs, or did you get a phone call in the morning saying we need you this afternoon? What? How did it work with you? You going in and learning and recording the songs? It was pretty immediate. They'd call me a week before the session and say, May, "Open up a week for us. We're, we're doing the next season, or two weeks, or three weeks, whatever they needed." Uh, it was a priority with me. And fortunately, I was based in New York. I didn't have to travel around the country, so uh, I, I was available. I lived in Manhattan, so I could get to a recording studio in 20 minutes. If they called me at 10 at night and said, "Be there at 11," I could be there. So that was the way it worked during those days. And boy, you just have to keep saying yes. Yeah. You know, every time they called, I said, yes, I can do it. And I showed up and I sang. Well, I, sp I suppose because no one know knew what you looked like, although you've got an amazing voice, it would not be, um, you know, beyond the reaches to, uh, to, to get someone else in. Yeah, no, they could have. You know, as a friend of mine once said, you may do your job the best ever, but there's always somebody who can do it. Mm. So, so, you, <laughs> so you'd have to keep your game up and show up. That's a worrying thought for everybody in the entertainment industry. Um, <laughs> I'm a huge Barry Manilow fan as well. Again, I talked about being uncool in the mid-80s, you know, when everyone was listening to whatever it was they were listening to. I was digging, um, you know, the early Barry Manilow albums. And uh, you, of course, you produced, what, the first eight, nine Manilow LPs? Yes, I did all of them. How did that come uh, about? Well, I, as I said, I was a jingle singer. I was mm. singing commercials, right? And one commercial morning, I walk in the studio, and there's this new jingle writer, and his name is Barry Manilow. And uh, he, he, he wrote a great commercial. He's written a great commercial. We sang it together. And uh, he, after it, he said, you know, I know you did the Archies and the Cufflinks and other groups that you sang for. He said, I, I'd like to be a solo artist. So I said, well, let me listen to some of your songs. The next day I met with him, and I listened to some of his songs. And the first one he played me was Could It Be Magic? And wow. I said, well, that's, that's a hit song. Yeah. I said, you sound great. So we went into the studio and uh, made some demos. We secured a record deal. And uh, a year and a half later, uh, we found Mandy which was originally called Brandy, yep. and we never looked back after that. M Mandy came out, and, and people just loved it, and uh, we stayed in the studio every summer for the next seven or eight years. Uh, we'd go in and do an album, and uh, it was it was, a, it was un unbelievable time because great songs came out of it. All, his, all the hits that he does in his show, all of them yeah. are, the, are hits that I co-produced with him. And, and there's a lot of, again, I, I, you know... I, there's a lot of snobbiness, snobbishness and sneering in music. And some, you know, Manilo isn't cool. And, you know, some things aren't cool and some things are cool. But the, I always say, 
you, you don't think Manilow's any good. You try and write a song like Mandy, or you try and write a song like Could It Be Magic. Those are incredibly well-constructed and crafted pop songs. And obviously, a lot of that comes down to the, the production in the studio. Well, it's it's song and singer, and then as a producer, don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't, oh, don't do it, the wrong it? instrument, right? Don't do the wrong instrumentation. <laughs> don't overdo it. Don't underdo it. Just do it. Serve the song and the wonderful singer. Yeah. That was where I came out of, and it always worked with Manilow. We we had eighteen hits in a row wow. that hit the top ten in yeah. America, and I know in the UK and, and people just love Barry. Oh, he was huge. They, he was huge right, over his, here. His last tour, he was still there. He was filling yeah. up stadiums. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's, 40 it's, years hence. So there must have been something there. Yeah. Uh, you, everybody can't like everything. Yeah. But I know that the Manilow records I made with him will last a long time. People will appreciate them many, many years into the future because the songs are really good. The voice is really good and heartfelt. And, and, and I, I know I did a nice production on it. I you, made sure we did the best for I Write the Songs or Can't Smile Without oh, You or Copacabana. Ron, right? you're being, you're being very modest. You're being very modest to say you, you did a nice production. You did a flipping amazing production on those songs. They are epic, you know, absolutely epic. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. Uh, it's always nice to hear. It is. Um, what was he like to work with? Was he? Was he? I, I, I always. I've never met the fella, but I always get the impression from Barry Manilow when you see him on telly, just a really nice, down-to-earth bloke. Yeah, very much. You, you, what you see is what you get mm. with him. Uh, he's he's one of the band, basically. He was a keyboardist backing up a hundred girls for Broadway auditions. Every time they had needed an audition piano player, they would hire Barry Manilow. Wow. Because he, because he could play everything. Yeah. Jazz, pop, R&B, you name it. He could play it and make you sound good. That's the way he met Bette Midler. He was backing her up at one point. But he was one of the guys. He hung in with the band. He, we always used a, a group unit that we liked, uh, that I, I put together for him, that uh, everybody was on the same page and that. And nobody feared Barry. Barry was like... Those sessions were the smoothest sessions yeah. ever. There was never a conflict. It was like, if it works, it works. If it didn't work, we put it to the side, we'll record it next week. But most of the time, everything we recorded got released. And, uh, no, it was very good. We were, we were in for six weeks, and we do a whole album in six weeks. In the um, mid, mid to late 80s, Barry wrote an excellent autobiography. Um, and in it, he details um, those early gigs with him being Bette Midler's band leader. All those, you know, rather... Um, <laughs> those um, saunas and slightly dodgy places they were playing. And it's really weird to think that a band with, you know, now two superstars, Bette Midler and Barry Manilow, were playing... You know, quite seedy places. Quite. <laughs> I know, I'm being polite. I, I know what was going on in those places. There were bathhouses. They were very strange. We did a showcase there, and uh, and it was all men, right? So we're doing the showcase, and all the guys, I said, nobody's got clothes on. Everybody's got towels on. And and if they liked you at the bathhouse, they would throw the towels at you. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we had a, a, a stage full of towels. It was really... Did you get a standing ovation, Ron? That's, did you get a standing yes. ovation? That's the, uh, that's the... It gives a new meaning. It doesn't it just? <laughs> doesn't it just? Ron, let me... I'm going to play... I'm going to play a song... I, I was kind of looking for bits and pieces that, that, that I, I don't want to play the obvious one. We know we know the obvious one. I don't need to play that. Let me just play a bit of this, and I'd like to get the story behind this one, if that's okay.
skies and drying eyes, now I see your smile. Darkness goes and softness shows a change in style. Just in time, words that rhyme will bless your soul. Now I'll fill your hands with kisses and a tootsie roll. Oh, reality, it's not for me, and it makes me laugh. Oh, the fantasy world and Disney girls, I'm coming back. For those of you, dear listeners, who are uh, um, as, as anal about the Beach Boys as I am, you'll recognise that as um, from the 1972 Surfs Up album written by Bruce Johnston, who also, I've just got I've just got the connection, I've worked the maths out. Of course, Bruce Johnston from the Beach Boys wrote that. He also wrote I Write the Songs, which I'm guessing you produced, did you, Ron? Yes, I did. Yeah, I thought so. There we go. Just just joined the dots then. Um, when was that from? When, when did you record Disney Girls? I did that about three years ago, four years ago. Uh, I always loved Bruce's song. I know a lot of good people recorded it. Yeah. Not just the Beach Boys, but uh, Art Garfunkel and uh, different people. Mama Cast did a great version. At, uh, great version. So I thought I'd take a swipe at it because I love the song so much. And Bruce is such a great guy. You know, he's just he's still out there touring with the Beach yeah. Boys 180 dates a year. <laughs> So I love the song, and I love the, the, the nostalgia of it, and that's why I recorded it. Uh, I'm glad you played a little bit of it. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's, 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 absolutely, it's one of my favourite, favourite songs, and I do look for different versions of that song, because it's, it's a great little song. It's, it's, you know, it's not, not everybody knows about it. I'm surprised that, and, and this might come across as a bit rude, but there you go. I'm surprised that's three years ago, because the voice, Ron, is, is still there. It's still, it's still working. How, what, what do you put that down to? Well, I, I good genes. Yep. Uh, I'm a good Italian American boy, and uh, my, my family sang. People have always sang at weddings and all over the place. But I, di- I didn't smoke most uh, most of my life, yeah. just a little bit when I was in my teens, and that really helped keep you, my breath control going. And uh, I do sing a lot, and it's good to use it. Mm. You know, and you you don't use it, you lose it. So I can, I, I sing a lot. Uh, during writing sessions and recording sessions I do, and, of course, live shows. But I'm very fortunate. I just I think it's the luck of the draw. Some of my, my contemporaries don't sing in the same key anymore. Yeah. They, they lower the key for their hits. I, I sing my songs in the same keys that I did when I was 20, so I'm very fortunate that way. And you love it. You mentioned, I've just looked on the website, and there's, there's loads of tour dates in the States, and you mentioned you're t- doing the bubblegum uh, 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 tour. Um, I'm guessing you still enjoy it. You know, you, I can tell from your voice that you still enjoy doing that. Well, it's you know, for 30 years I was in the studio recording other people. And, and, and then about the year 2000, I said, you know, it's time to go back on and do some live performances. Yeah. So I've been doing it ever since, and I, I find it is pure joy to meet the people that have loved your music all these years in person and sing the song for them in person, because it's the first time they've ever heard it in person. So I'm very fortunate that everything has come together to where there seems to be a demand for what I do. What's this set on your website, Dante's Dalmatians? What the hell's going on there? <laughs> 
What is that? I'm a big Dalmatian. I, I'm on my third Dalmatian. Wow. And uh, I, I supported Dalmatian Rescue. You know, every time those Disney movies come out, 101 Dalmatians, 102, uh, people go out and buy the puppies. Yeah. And then the puppies grow up to be really strong dogs yeah, yeah. that jump all over the place and, and, and people give them up. So I opened a, 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 a Dalmatian Rescue and we had like six or eight dogs there each year and we found homes for all those dogs. So I called it Dante's Dalmatian. <laughs> I'm a Brander. I'm a brander from way back. Oh, listen, man, you've done, you've worked it. You've worked it. And is there any chance of a book, Ron? Because I, 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 you know, I love uh, the, the whole pop world from the late 60s and through the 70s. It just fascinates me, and I, I can devour books from that. Are you ever going to write, sit down and write a book and dish the dirt? Well, I could. And I, I've been offered t- uh, three times so far in the last two years someone wants to work with me on it and i just may do that because uh now a lot of the people that i dealt with early on in my years are are no longer in power and they won't get upset <laughs> if i tell the stories on them you know because all kinds of things were going on in the music business in the 60s and 70s oh, and yeah. 80s unbelievable yeah um Robert, they do it you, you said you're going to do some uh, some recording later on today is that for is that for anything have you got a project in mind or is that just because you know you, the studio is a second home for you well i'm, I'm doing a project actually I, uh, next month i have an anthology coming out oh. of unreleased unreleased ghost groups that i did because i just wasn't the archies and the cufflinks and i another group called the detergents i was all over the place oh. uh, so i'm, I'm going to put out this anthology of like 10 of my ghost groups and and then three of my solo albums one was a disco album i did called dante's inferno oh, which is a very cool disco i'm going to put a few of those cuts on it and i will make sure you hear about it and i'll send you a copy oh ron listen uh, so man. Work, that's what i'm working on tonight is to touch that up ma- ma- listen wh- when that's coming out you let us know and we will we will tweet and we will plug all the links to that what other groups were you in i know you were in the cufflinks and i know about the arches what other groups did you ghost for then well, I was like the first Weird Al. I had a group called The Detergents, and we did a parody of a hit called Leader of the Pack yeah. by the Shangri-Las. It was called Leader of the Laundromat. And believe it or not, it sold almost a million records on roulette records here in the States, really. Oh. So so I did that. I was also uh, a, a group called uh, The $2 Question. I was I was a Ronnie and the Dirt Riders. Oh. I was uh, a Noah's Ark. I made up names right and left. You wouldn't believe it. Isn't it and funny? They all got released. You mentioned you mentioned um, Roulette Records. We had um, Tommy James on a few weeks ago, and um, oh. of course Roulette Records, uh, run by the um, <laughs> Morris Levy, who uh, was oh. a, a massive mobster. Did you did you ever have any dealings with him? Yes, my my detergents record was on Roulette Records, and I had a deal with him when we wanted wanted our royalties, and and he he said to us. You didn't sell anything, right? Yeah. And we knew we sold nine hundred thousand copies. Yeah. He said, "But he said, but uh, you, you just go on the road and make some money. You'll do fine." And nobody in my group wanted to argue with no. him because he was backed by the mob. Yeah. And as Tommy James said, you, "You didn't quite, you know, if you asked Morris for money, he'd never give it to you." Yeah. But if you said, if you said something like, "My mom is sick," or "I need some money for this," you, all of a sudden a check would appear and you would get some money. It, but, you, but you couldn't ask. <laughs> Oh, Ron, it, uh, it, it, it's such a joy to talk to you. I, I really look forward to um, finding out more about this anthology, and we'll, we'll, we'll plug it. Maybe we'll give, we'll give a set away on here as well. Uh, thank you so much for your time, mate, and, and thanks a lot for, you know, for all the music and all the stuff you've done throughout the years. It means a lot. 
Well, thank you for the time. I really enjoyed this. It's always fun speaking about you know, what's going on and what has happened. So yeah. uh, you have a great night. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. That's Ron Dante. Uh, Ron Dante, uh, D-A-N-T-E dot com, if you, uh, you want to go and have a look. What a nice bloke. Do you want to say goodbye to Ron for us, Catherine? Because um, what an absolutely delightful gentleman. Wasn't he lovely? And that voice. And honestly, I had. I, 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 you, treat yourself, right? There's there's seven eight quid on on iTunes, right? Treat yourself to an Archie's greatest hits. Right? Just treat yourself, okay? Burn that on a CD. Put it in your car. Honestly, you will you will love it. It's complete frothy disposable throwaway pop exactly what pop music is meant to be exactly what pop music is meant to be and every single song on there is catchier than the one before incredible stuff oh that was lovely what a nice isn't it nice you get nice people thank you ron right um the show continues uh we'll get him back on when he gets the, gets that anthology out we'll, we'll, we'll have some of that definitely uh the show continues you can call in now dear listener 0844 499 1000 call quick otherwise the first call of the night will be nigel from maidstone late night ian lee on talk radio we'll get you talking Four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number. This is uh, Ian Lee on Talk Radio, the best, most unlistened to late night radio show. Um, but I can only do one line at a time, can I? Is that, what, I don't know what that means. That means I can do two at a time. Okay. Yes, line uh, Nigel. Uh, hi, Ian. Hello, Nigel. How are you, how are you doing? Oh, I'm all right, Nigel. How are you doing? I've got one of those n- nights where I felt like you did the other, the other t- day, you know, a bit fed up and miserable. Why are you fed up and miserable? Well, there's Nigel? nothing decent to watch on the television. You have to keep putting videos on because there's nothing on the telly that's interesting. Or you could listen to the radio. Well, well, apart from the radio, I mean. Yeah. But I can't get the signal of the radio at the moment in my, where I live. Um, hill. did you watch... Mm. Cold Feet yesterday. No, I did. I've watched it a few times, but I didn't watch it yesterday. Yeah, it's it's quite a f- good comedy, isn't it? Well, I've never seen it. I always oh. pers- I always thought it was the British Friends, mm. but with a bit more gravitas. It was what they called in the nineties a drama. I think it's a bit like Forty Towers in a different way. Sort of. I think we're talking about different programs. Oh, well, anyway, <laughs> what, what 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 do you think? What happened in the episode of Cold Feet that you saw that makes you think? Oh, this was a long time ago, about five years ago that I watched it. It's been out a long time, hasn't it? And what happened in it? Oh, I can't remember now. I've forgotten. The Have plot. you? I'm going to ask you a question. I want the honest answer. Mm. Have you ever seen Cold Feet? Yes, I did a few times. Uh, years and it was ago. like Forty Towers. Pardon? So S- I did watch Forty Towers as well. Yeah. Okay. And um, uh, which did you prefer? Forty Towers. Okay. Because that, that cold feet was a bit dry. Yep. Very dry, actually. Well, very, very dry. Very dry feet. Yeah, they should have really called. Funny. They should have called it dry feet. <laughs> it's not very really funny, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've I got could write better comedy. Well, <laughs> I've got some exciting news, Nigel. Yes. Oh, speed it up. <laughs> Sorry. Speed it up. Speed <laughs> it quick. Speed it up. You know, to tell me quickly, quickly tell me what is it. <laughs> I'm going to slow it down. 
Oh, OK. <laughs> um, very exciting news. The yeah. songs that you and I have recorded, two of them, mm-hmm. Lindsay Lohorn yeah. and Miley Stiley... I haven't heard the Miley one because it's not on the pa- on, oh. uh, not available at the moment on um, would you Facebook. Like, would you like to hear it now? I'd love to. Is, is, is it available on iTunes? No, but this is this is what the exciting news is. I'll tell you what we'll do. Mm. I'll mm. play it and then I'll give you the exciting news, okay? Oh, that'd be lovely, okay, yeah. So I'd, I'd love to hear it because I haven't heard it yet. No, would you, uh, would you like to introduce it? Me? Yes, okay then. I, I'll introduce it, my own song, yeah, okay. Are you singing on it as well? Well, why don't you int- introduce yeah. it and I'll play it, and then we'll talk in three and a half minutes. Hi, this is Nigel from Maystone, and you're listening to I Like Miley Cyrus by Nigel and Ian Lee. Sometimes Miley Cyrus, she sings a song or two.
Doing it styly, miley. I'm doing this live. Doing it styly, daily. Doing it styly. Doing it styly. It's a good beat. Doing it styly. Yeah. Doing it styly. Doing it styly. <laughs> oh! We're doing it styly, Miley. We're doing it styly, Miley. So we're sing along. Styly, Miley. <laughs> we're doing it styly, Miley. We're doing it styly, Miley. We're doing it styly, Miley. So sing along. Sing along. We're gonna do it styly. We're gonna do it styly. Gonna do it styly. We're gonna do it styly. We're gonna do it styly. Do it styly. We're gonna do it. Styly. We're gonna do it styly. We are doing it styly. We are doing it styly. Gonna do it styly. Gonna do it styly. I'm gonna do a vase. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> that, when we uh, when we do public appearances at nightclubs, yeah. that's how we'll introduce the track. We have to rehearse, though, won't we? Well, I'm, bi- I'm busy then. <laughs> um, so there, are, I've got three songs. I've got Lindsay Lohorn with me yeah. and you. Yeah, and the Miley Cyrus one. Miley Styly with me and you. Yeah, and. Uh, brackets, I may close brackets, Titty Man, by me and Barry from Watford. Right, now, yeah. Uh, and I, they've all been mixed by Dan, the DCDJ, okay? But, they're, they're, um, he recorded me the other night doing a Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, thing, I'm which sorry. he's gonna put to music. I'm so. oh, he's, oh, you've gone behind my back, have you, you yeah, two? Yeah, uh, he recorded <laughs> it on his phone, I don't know, is, is Dan here to, there to, re- uh, is he on the phone, Dan? No, no. He said he would call in the show and talk with me on, with you. No. If we were together. I think he's away. He emailed me, said he was away. Anyway. Uh, so, so I did it, I did a long version of, um, Mrs. Doubtfine. He, he, he said it'll, it'll make a hit, he said. It should make a hit. Okay, well. So, but, uh, I expect he'd be in contact with you. Here's the thing, right? Mm. Those three songs I mentioned. Yeah. They are going to be uploaded to iTunes. Mm. This week. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And hopefully. Quite quick, yeah. Hopefully. People will be able to buy the songs individually, 59 pence each. Yeah. That's nothing, is it? Or you no, can buy the three it's... songs um, as an EP for, I think, £1.40. Uh, will you have a picture of me on the cover? Well... Could you do a picture of me on the cover? Okay, well, yeah, I do need to do a picture. Can you... It, it might be tricky mm. because of the way... Because we're doing three songs and you're not on all three songs. But can you... Oh. Can you, can you? Have you got... Is there a picture of you? Uh, the, the one where the Facebook picture singing into a microphone's not too bad. How one. would I find that? It's on my, on my Facebook, on the, co- in the corner. What, what, my, what, what do I look for? Nigel from Maidstone? You're Nigel from, no, Nigel, Nigel Reader. No, Nigel Reader, not Maidstone. Nigel Reader. How, oh, there we go. Oh, I got you. Alright, I'll, I'll, I'll make up a picture, yeah. You'll singing be on into it. the microphone. You'll be on iTunes. And we'll split the money we get three ways, yeah? Well, well, you said doesn't the other chap, what was his name again? Barry from Watford. Barry from Watford, I don't know very well, but he, is he going to get money as well? He'll get money, he'll get money for his song. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be, let me be honest, Nigel. Mm. We're not going to get rich. Well, we might mm. get about 20 quid if we're lucky, between the three of us. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me being genuine, right? We might get not about... Not if you sell millions of records. Well, no. that's, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because, uh, the, um, so, you know, a million... Records is a million pounds. If you said well, uh, no, it's not. It's not because no. it's not because we're not selling for a pound. Also, Apple no. take. Qu- I think they take about twenty or thirty percent of of that, yeah. and then um, we'll have. I'll have to pay tax on it. So mm. um, let's let's see. We, we, if, if we're lucky, we might have enough for a bag of chips each. 
The, pro the thing is, uh, if we get famous, we could always go on to TV singing it, couldn't we? Okay, I'm gonna say goodnight now, Nigel. Oh, no, hang yeah. on, Nigel. Yeah, sorry. Oh, hang on, uh, stay there, because Simon wants to talk to you, and I'm late for an hour break. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Nice one, Ross. Hang on. We were going to do a submarine special, you plank! We were going to do a submarine special and you nicked the idea from us. Damn! That's what's missing from speech radio. Submarine specials. That's what's missing. Submarine specials. We were going to do a submarine special, Kath. I thought you sent an email out. I bet she did send an email out. And I bet Johnny Seinfeld nicked it. I bet he nicked our idea for a submarine special. We were going to do it live from a submarine. Not submarine, subway. Subway special we're doing sandwiches. That's it. No, that's fine. They can do that. That's absolutely fine. You wouldn't get Nick Ferrari doing a submarine special. He wouldn't fit down the hole. <laughs> it's true, though. Imagine that um, you went on a submarine. And you, have, you have to go on submarines for like six months at a time. You submerge for six months at a time. But imagine you just ate all of the food that was there, right? And then you couldn't get out of the submarine. Imagine that. Wouldn't that be crazy? Right, Simon. Hello. Oh, that was that was Sparky. You're Sparky. Oh, I am as a. Uh, I've got a potential client on the other end of the phone, aren't I? Oh, hang on a minute. It's Simon, yeah. the music mogul. Simon, you're through to Nigel from Maidstone. Both of you proceed with caution. Hello, Nigel. How are you doing? Uh, not so, hi, Simon. Not too bad. I don't know if you've heard of me. My name's Simon. I'm a big music producer. Yeah. Uh, I represent a lot of agents. Uh, uh, have you worked with lots of famous people? Lots of famous people, no. But do you know what? Oh, Simon, your phone... Yeah. Simon, considering you're a massive music mogul, your phone is crap. Well, you know, it's probably other calls coming in from America and stuff. Could be. Oh, we can hear you now. Stay there. Go on. OK. Um, I can, Nigel, I can give you the one thing you desire. Yeah. Miley Cyrus's... Your face. Your face on an album cover. Uh, say that again, because I can't hear very clearly. Yep. Your face yes. can be on an album cover. On her album cover? <laughs> no, on your own. Oh, oh, your her, own her, her on my cover. No, if you like, on your bed, on your covers, on your oh, cover. But what? Her and me on the same cover. <laughs> if, if that's what you desire. Well, that would be good because it's all about Miley Cyrus, isn't it? So exactly. Yeah. And and but, I've got to ask you, um, how come yeah. you're getting a third of the money for these sales at the moment? Uh, I think I, I will be, yeah. I will be. Yeah, you need 100%, mate. Oh, for crying but, out. Well, yeah, because it's all me singing, yeah. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> you need representation. You need to hit me up and we'll we get you. We, I've probably got a gig for you to open a pound land in Maidstone, actually. I've got, I've got be, an idea. I've got an idea, guys. What I want to do a party in the park. Party in the park? In Maidstone Park? Singing to the backing track, you know? I've got an idea. You know, because I've got those three songs, the two with mm. me and Nigel and, and Dan and one or with maybe me. Ian could sing with me. Or, or maybe you could, you, could, you could shut up and follow the rules of a conversation, mm. I don't know. Mm. So I've got these three songs, the two with me and Nigel and Dan and one with me and Barry from Watford and Dan. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'll do, right, is I will um, not release the two with me and Nigel on and I'll just release the one with me and Barry from Watford. How's about that? 
<laughs> That's not very nice. <laughs> well, what was what that then? What, what were you, you saying? Sign, did you sign um, a waiver? That's all. For Ian to use your voice. But can I ask you something, Ian? Hello, Ian. Oh. See, so he's ignoring you. Talk That's to, you, you need talk to like your manager. To you. Talk to Simon, your manager. So, yeah, okay, uh, Simon. Yes. Does um, how much does Miley Cyrus charge for for um, a CD, a single, or something? <laughs> what? Just to record one? No. Mm-hmm. To, how much are are uh, CDs? Just a single or or uh, ninety nine p. Pardon? Ninety nine p. That's all. That's what, that's what Billy told me. Uh, yeah, even, Billy though, told me big, that. even though she's a big name, she doesn't get any more money for a CD. Not for one song, one track. Oh, really? So they're quite cheap? Because, I mean, years ago, a record was very expensive, like a fiver, wasn't it, for one, one, one record? Nigel? Yeah? When when was the last time you brought a Miley Cyrus single? Um, well, it must be about three years ago now. I um, thought you were a big fan. I thought you were a yeah, big but, fan. Yeah, but, I don't, but I've got um, the latest I feel like you're video. lying to us all now. I feel I like you're lying to your own manager. Videos. They're all on the videos, the ones I, I got. Mm. Yeah, like, you know, the bangers. Money for my tour and stuff. Yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to have to already. Hang up. Hang up. Oh, wait, 444991000. I knew. You know... Sometimes when you, you, you try and do things for people and um, you're doing it off your own back and actually it's a little bit tricky and a bit complicated and it's going to end up with me having to declare stuff and pay tax. And I'm having to call in favours from my mate Glenn um, about getting stuff listed on um, iTunes and he's doing it as a favour for me and he won't want any money and... um. You know, it's a, it's, it's a bit of a faff, and it's it's a bit of a laugh, and um, it's it's quite hard work, and got kids and work commitments and things I should be writing and and doing, and, and but that doesn't matter. And you, you you do a favour for someone, just just you know, to help out, and um, and it's not enough for them that. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Um, James, good evening, James. Hi. Hello, J- James. Turn your radio off. Okay. Perfect. Are you there? No. Okay. Right. Uh, if we could get James back, that would be wonderful. But don't stress too much about it. John. Good evening, John. Good evening, I am here. You, we, we have somebody here on the line. Okay, well, what have you got for us this evening, John? I want to try and blend in the show I went to see yesterday with your general thrust of the career, your, your career thrust. I don't know what that means, but carry on. I went to see a man called Russell Brand yesterday, do a little theatre show. Oh yeah, I'm aware of Russell Brand's work, I've met Russell a couple of times, yes. Oh, you've met him? Yeah. He he was very close to the audience. He walked around, milled around with the audience. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good that he and you both sort of, you know, um, engender a more open society. Um, because 
sorry, you've done political stuff. Your phone, your phone is breaking up, John, and it's, it's so go back to where you were stood initially, if you don't mind. Okay, just give me a second. What 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 are you calling us on? Like a the voice, like something from Star Trek. <laughs> well, let's call let's call John back. <laughs> I've decided that for tonight's show, it's going to be a nice chilled vibe. There's no stress. Someone um, complained on Twitter. I can't listen to your whole show because you shout for all of it. I can only manage the hour-long podcast. Well, I've banned that person from listening to the podcast. I said you're banned. Um, I think we've got John back. Yes, John, let's try again. Yo, hello. Hello, John. Yes, so we engender um, a freer society, do we? I think so, because, you know, you've got a lot of problems in society, racialism, sexism, homophobia, and I know it's a genuine point I'm making, two of you... Um, are, a, are a force for good because you know I live in a very multicultural area. I've got mates from various backgrounds. Um, I've got a mate called Chan. I've got a mate. Yeah, I've got a mate called David, and I've got a mate called Freddy. Well done. Well done. <laughs> oh, that you that was a breath. You can't take a breath. They took a breath. Pathetic. That was pathetic. Oh, it was quite good. You took a breath. Well, because I ran all the way down the stairs. Well, you can't take a breath in a Pradeep, mate. I could, I could do a longer Pradeep while I was going for a, um, a, a cross-country run. One of your biggest YouTube hits is... You playing a clip of Nicholas Ferris when he was Pradeep. Yeah, well, years well it, ago. It, it was. It, it's not my. I don't think it's on my YouTube channel. Someone else. John, who are you? Because I recognise your voice, and I can't remember what you would have called up as before. I used to call up many years ago. Yeah, uh, I was very famous. I used to do Michael Jackson Did you do Michael Jackson? That's not. Uh, um, go on then. Give us a, give us a bit of Jacko. And there was a problem because you had a nasty caller who was a bit of a mental case, and he was actually Scottish. And one of my, one of my not pseudonyms, but one of my pseudo voices was a Scottish fella. That was An- Andy, wasn't it? Andy or Alex or something? Adam, <laughs> nasty Adam, nasty Adam. And then what happened is he had had a. I don't want to bring back. Ah, uh, John, John, your phone, your, your your phone's pony, but we we got it. I know, isn't that funny? Um. Not necessarily the content of that call, but I recognised that voice from years and years ago. Nasty Adam was a Scottish person. I don't think he was a joke. He's on YouTube. If you Google Nasty Adam and Ian Lee, and he would tell me he hated the show and would take great delight in telling me how he was going to train to be a dentist just so that he could become my dentist and then remove all of my teeth without any anaesthetic. I mean, it was it was in, it was incredible stuff. It's very funny. It's it's all on um, YouTube. What a delightfully fruity and fruit cakey 
first hour of the show. Another two hours to go. Will you join me? Ray will be next, but it could be you afterwards. 0844 499 I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. A radio star is born. You're going to love Talk Radio. Talk Radio. <laughs> it's been a really weird hour, hasn't it? It always is weird when we have a guest to start with, because the vibe is, is, is always slightly off kilter. Uh, you can call in about anything. We've got a couple of other really exciting, well, more than a couple of exciting guests lined up. I'll let you know who they are after the latest news. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. to like i don't even know what the cool bands were in 1987 but um i was listening to this i, I win i win man oh i don't know what that was uh. um i win this is ian lee this is talk radio oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. um several things to talk about yesterday we mentioned i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about this but i'm going to talk about it should i talk about it it's it's gonna it's probably going to happen two guests we might have coming up we might have we might have mike love of the beach boys on the show tomorrow we might have okay that'll be about quarter past 12 i'm i'm literally just as we were coming on air i got an email saying um would you be uh would you want to interview mike love tomorrow at 4 15 pacific time 
uh, which is 12.15 our time. And I went, ah, uh, yeah. And they went, how long would you want him for? And I said, half an hour. And they've not got back to me. So that may be happening. That would be awesome. But what, and I never thought, you know, interviewing a beach boy, a beach boy I've been after for a long, long time. That's pretty cool, right? But today, something even more awesome has happened and i know right i didn't think there could be much more awesome than getting mike love on right but something even more awesome has happened and it's the same battle that mike love was raging 50 years ago is raging again um so yesterday we went to um see shea stadium the beatles live at shea stadium re-edited um and remastered and remixed um concert of the beatles in 1965 in front of 56,000 screaming fans it's brilliant absolutely brilliant and it's, t- it's tied in with the uh, ron howard eight days a week film which i wasn't quite so enamored with and giles martin was there the son of george martin the beatles producer and he did a little talk at the start, uh, start and at the end he was sort of milling around and i along with with tris who one of our listeners who came made a point of um sucking it up and being men and we went over and spoke to him and he was absolutely delightful and then tris tweeted him last night and he replied i thought oh, i'm not having that i'm having i'm gonna get involved here so i tweeted giles martin saying just want to say thank you man nice one good work with love um well and he replied Oh, thank you so much for coming. I've been a fan since the 11 o'clock show. Glad you enjoyed it. Now, he may have been a fan since the 11 o'clock show. He may have Googled me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't actually matter. 0844-499-1000, by the way. Ray, I'll come to you in a minute. I promise. We call you back. Um, And then I cheekily said, well, Giles, I'm sure you're busy. That's my get-out clause when I ask people for an interview. I'm sure you're busy. They've got a get-out then if they don't want to do it. But... You have an open invitation to come on my show anytime you want. Thinking he would either he, he wouldn't reply. He replied, "Oh, I'd love to, uh, but I'm sure your listeners might find me quite dull. But I'd be up for that." Well, hang on a minute. So then I replied, um, "What's the best way to get in touch with you?" He then followed me on Twitter. He then DM'd me his email address. Now, I'm thinking, I'm thinking big. So I said, Giles, listen, if you're just saying that you wanted to come on to be polite, that's that's absolutely groovy, man. You know, it's fine. But uh, I'd love to have you on the show. We could either do it on the phone or I could come and meet you somewhere. Now, Beatles fans will know that saying to someone so closely connected with the Beatles, I could come and meet you somewhere. That's a very, very weighted sentence isn't it he replied oh no we won't do it on the phone i can either come to you or if you fancied you could come and meet me at abbey road studios yes (sighs) so i replied yeah that'd be brilliant thanks (laughs) i love it I replied, yeah, that'll be cool. Thinking, <laughs> I did. Yeah, that'll be cool. Sure. 
if it's no bother, I can pop over to Northwest One or whatever it is Northwest Ten. Um, he needs he needs to check with the Universals, make sure it's okay. But he says that he doesn't see that that being a massive problem. Um, and if all goes well, I will be going to interview uh, Giles Martin at Abbey Road Studios. And here's my fantasy. My fantasy is he takes me into the studio where they did Sergeant Pepper. He goes, "This is where they did Sergeant Pepper," and Pick a song, pick any Beatles song, and we'll we'll play around and remix it. And what I'll do, right, I've thought about this. What I'll do, because everyone will go, um, oh, can Strawberry Fields? Can we uh, can we deconstruct Strawberry Fields, please? See how they did that. I want to hear the bit where he says um, cranberry sauce band plays that backwards. Can we hear that bit? Can we, um, can we listen to A Day in the Life, please, without the orchestra? All that, that's what they do, all that rubbish. I'll go straight in there and go, yeah, can we, uh, can you fire up Martha, my dear? Instantly, he goes, oh, no one's ever heard, no one's ever asked for Martha, my dear. My favourite Beatles song, it genuinely is. Uh, that is dog. No one's ever asked for Martha, my dear. Um, I've, I've, I'm sure he can find it. He brings it, he brings it up and then we sit there and we remix Martha, my dear and stuff like that. And then I record loads of bootlegs and, um, I become a legend. <laughs> That's how I see it happening. <laughs> but even if it doesn't happen like that, flipping heck, man! Even if it doesn't go any further than this, even if it doesn't go any further than this, you know, I've, I've, me, I've got Giles Martin's email. Um, so that that's exciting. So hopefully that's going to happen. It's got we've got quite a Beatles vibe coming up. We've got um, Hunter Davis. Um, probably maybe one day next week, who's um, written a few Beatles books. He's got a new Beatles book coming out. We've got Mark Lewison, who wrote that, that massive 900-page Beatles book that only goes up to 1962. It is such a good read. He's coming on. Um, was there another Beatles uh, connection? We've got Weird Al Yankovic. There was another... Um, oh, the guy, Larry Kane. Larry Kane, who, if you do get to see the Beatles, the new Beatles film, he's in that. He went on tour with the Beatles in America. Um, so we've got um, him. Other people we've got coming on. We've got Matt Ford coming on, but it's going to be a couple of months because he's just starting a new TV show. Um, Scroobius Pip's going to come on at some point. I am um, um, reading his book, which is an absolute joy and is an inspiration, actually. It's a real... Um, lots of It's lots of creative and artistic people talking about you know what makes them creative and artistic and stuff and it's brilliant weird out um uh, i asked josie long to come on but i don't know if i've got her right number it's been years since i texted her so we got we got some we got some uh cool people and handsome will come on I, next time handsome in the uk that they'll come on they always come on and i love a bit of handsome and, and um we'll do that weird out i don't know when it'll be on but we're recording him uh, on thursday Right then, that's enough housekeeping, dear listener. Um, 0844-499-1000. Ray, stay there, come to you after this. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Yep, 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 yep. 0844-499-1000 is the phone number. We call you back. Ray's on the line. Good evening, Ray. Good evening, Ian. Good Sounds evening. like you've got some fantastic guests coming up. Yeah, got some really good guests coming up. Scroobius Pit, we got some really good people. Catherine and I, we, every now and then, um, we, uh, we every sort of month or six weeks or so, we go, oh, let's have a little brainstorm. And we just sit there and basically we scroll through our iTunes <laughs> for songs, yeah. that, for, for artists that we like or, or um, comedians that we like. And we go, right, well, uh, we'll ask them, we'll ask them, we'll ask them. And um, I would say eight times out of ten... 
well, like people come back and say, yeah, I'd love to. You know, sometimes we aim high and we, you know, we ask for like Richard Carpenter and, you know, a couple of bigger people like that. And the chances of them getting back are very, very slim. But you never know. Um, but most people, you know, they tend to, to, to come back and say, yeah, we'd love to. And, um, uh, I'm just emailing Ron Dante because for some reason I seem to be blocked by him on Twitter. I think it must be a mistake in the way that some people of a certain vintage block instead of, um, uh, follow. Um, but I'm gonna, uh, you know, wh- how cool was blooming Ron Dante from the Archies? What, what delightful, delightful man. He was. He was very pleasant. It was lovely. Anyway, Ray, what you got for us, boss? Um, <coughs> well, I, for one, am looking forward to the, um, issue of those, um, tracks that you and Nigel and the other guy did. Well, it's got, it's got very tense. They may never, it, it may be our smile. They may not get released for another 47 years now. Oh, come on, what's the well, listen, listen, it's not me, I'm not... Hey, listen, you know, Paul, if you want me to play, I'll play. If you don't want me to play, I won't play. You just tell me what you want me to do, Paul. George, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just <laughs> saying. Anyway, name that film. Oh, uh, one of the Beatles films, oh. would it be? That was a guess. It's a, it's a direct quote from Let It Be. It's a really awkward, awkward bit where um, George Harrison is sulking and Paul's being Paul. And you could see why people would find it irritating, but he was the glue at that point that was holding the fragmented Beatles together. Well, George, who George was? No, Paul was. Paul, Paul, really? Paul oh, th- oh, man, throughout Let It Be, Paul McCartney is holding that group together by sheer force of will. It's mm. literally his psychic energy is the only thing that are keeping those four men in the same room making music. And also, uh, Billy Preston being there so helped somewhat. Billy Preston eased the tension, and, and who knows, maybe he had some cocaine with him, as he was inclined <laughs> to do. Yeah. But anyway, um, as we were talking about those tracks, that Miley story, um, I mean, bearing in mind you don't like reggae, I'm, uh, I'm amazed it turned out as it did. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, here's the thing. I've started a ska band. You have? I've started a ska band, and this isn't a joke, and I tweeted this the other day, and people went, oh, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh. ho, it's not a joke. Uh, and is it a Japanese ska band? No, 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 don't be so ridiculous, we did that. Every band needs a gimmick, right? And the last, the last gimmick was, it was, it was all sung in Japanese. Yeah. This gimmick is, it's, uh, we're called the Ska Day Nights. Yeah. And all we play is the Beatles' A Hard Day's Night album, and all the songs are ska styly. Yeah. And that's that it. That sounds fantastic. And it's, it's actually... It's actually happening. I wonder if, um, I can play, I can play you a very rough, hang on a minute, um... Go for it. Um, where might it be? <coughs> Here we go. Here's a very, very, very rough, right? This is just when we came, we came up with the idea and so we recorded it as we came up with the idea. This is literally the first time we've done it. Hang on. been working like a dog but when i get on to you i find the things that you do will make me feel all right you know i work all day to get your money to buy your things and it's worth it just to hear you so you got it right go it's gonna give you everything so why you're not sure I'm on? Cause when I get you alone, you know I feel alright. When I'm home, everything is right, yeah, yeah. When I'm home, feeling you holding me tight, 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 tight. That's that I, I won't be singing. 
Uh, someone on the Periscope says it's got a Chasm Day vibe. Yeah, we are. How, well, how no, dare, no, 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 it has. <laughs> and where we got the idea from was, do you remember ages ago, someone, re- it may have been you, someone recommended Chaz and Dave and Lonnie Donegan um, yeah. doing a Beatles song. And we listened to that. And then we went, oh, how about Hard Day's Night, Scar Styley? And it ca- <laughs> literally, it, ca- it was that, it was that thought process. So, um... That's going to be happening. We've got, um, um, the rubbing his, rubbing his ribs will be on trumpet. <laughs> we need, um, a vocalist, ideally a fat man with no sense of shame and a pork pie hat. So if anybody um, knows yeah. any, well, no, <laughs> if anybody knows anyone, this is serious. We're, we're, we're going to do this, right? Slowly, because we've all got jobs and kids and lives and things now. Yeah. And getting You're going to be playing the bass guitar? I'm playing the bass guitar, and that's it. I'm not, I might sing one or two songs, but I can't sing and play bass at the same time. No. My brain gets all confused. Um, but it, but the thing is, right, it's going to be a laugh. It'll just be a laugh, and it'll be a little bit rubbish, and it's perfect. Yeah. Just be, be a per- just be stupid, and it'll be a laugh, and people can come and drink beer and shout, and, and, uh, it, it, honestly, it's gonna happen. The Scar Day Nights. And it's clever, because what you have to think when you say it, because you've taken the S off of days and put it onto nights. You've also put a K at the beginning of nights, so with the Scar Day Nights. It works. It does work. I'm looking it? forward to more. Are you looking forward to the Paul Ross Submarine Special tomorrow? Paul Ross, uh, well, that's news to me. Tell me uh, more. Going down, raise periscope. Um, <laughs> should be a lot of fun. Okay. Anything else, Ray? No, that's my lot. Tatty bye, tatty bye. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand is the um, telephone number. I got when I was in Liverpool, the Cavern, and I was watching people being in covers bands, and I'd always. I mean, I mean, the band I was in was kind of we, half covers and half original, but they were. The gimmick was it was sung in Japanese by a Japanese girl, and we had a horn section, and it was stupid and it was fun, right? Um, but. Um, Hey, look at all the people on Periscope um, judging callers for me. Thanks very much. I'll, I'll, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm a professional. Um, easy to critic uh, or critique um, from your keyboard. Um, why don't you pick up the phone and you try and do better? I, I'm, I know what I'm doing here, guys. But thanks, thanks anyway. Thanks anyway. Oh, they are winkers, aren't they? Some of them are complete and utter winkers. I'll be the judge of when a call is pony or not, I, I, and I, I know what I'm doing, guys, and I enjoy, I, I, uh, so far I've enjoyed all of the calls this evening. So up yours, Cropto Plight. Stupid name. What a stupid name for a, 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 a Periscope. What a, stupid, what a silly name to do. What, what boring messages you're sending on Periscope, etc., etc., etc. But when I was watching, and I was watching these bands playing cover songs, and I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm 43 now. I've got a bit of a belly. Um, I've got no shame about being in a covers band. I've got no shame about standing there just playing other people's songs and having a laugh. So that's what we're going to do. A hard day, a a scar day nights, the scar day nights, (laughs) the shot. But then, then when that comes to an end, we're going to start a band called the Sade nights and it's going to be hard days night songs done in the style of Sade. Yes, Billy. Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you very much indeed. Good. I think I've got an interesting story for you about Abbey Road. Ooh, listen, mate, go on. You, I'm sure it's wonderful. What you got? My um, dad, I won't bore you too much with the backstory of it, but he basically got himself into a position where he wrote like a charity song that, that was going to be recorded at oh. Abbey Road. Oh, beautiful. 
And, uh, of course, he's a massive Beatles fan, so am I. And, um, you know, I was really excited for him and all that sort of stuff. And he was basically like the composer. He didn't he didn't actually record any stuff, yeah. uh, but he was in there kind of directing the musicians and yeah. the singers and stuff. Anyway, he took his ukulele along. He's a good player. Um, and he, there's a, a, he got a video recorded of him sitting in... Oh, what studio is it? It's not Studio 2. It's not the main one, but, or not the one, main one for the Beatles. But anyway, it was in one of those studios, and yeah. he, he played... Here comes the sun, and a perfect rendition of it on the on the ukulele, just oh, um, instrumental. And in the background is the piano that Lady Madonna was recorded oh, on. And, mate. and what's great about this video, and I uh, I haven't got it on this phone, but I will get it. And if I tweet it to you, you might see it and you might like it. But at the end, when he plays it and absolutely nails it, he kind of punches the air with the ukulele as if to say, "Yes, <laughs> kill me now," you know. Oh, it's good like that moment. Of, it's so good. So, so good. Good for him. It is one of those, um, and we can do this. If people, you know, I know some people uh, get frustrated at the lack of topics to cling on to. Well, here's a topic that we, that if people want, they can kind of play around with. Um, magical places, right? And Abbey Road yeah. is a magical place. Whether you're Absolutely. a Beatles fan or not, I mean, everyone has recorded there. The, the, the front cover of the Beatles album, Abbey Road, it, it's, there is something about it. It's, it's got a mythology and a magic about it, hasn't it? Do, do you know what else uh, gives me that sort of feeling? But not... It's, no, they haven't got, well, they are. It's when you drive in London and you see the old cinema places, the old Mecca Bingos and stuff, you drive past those and you yeah. think, God, everyone, so many people have played there. Yeah, you know, yeah. the Stones and James Brown and all the soul players and the Beatles and God knows who else. I remember years and years ago, I mean, this is like uh, 20 years ago when I was kind of starting out doing stand-up comedy and stuff and I kind of fluked it really early on. I fluked it through to the final of a stand-up comedy competition yeah. and I got to, the, and, and the final was being held at the Hackney Empire. Yeah. And I phoned my mum up. I said, Mum, you're never going to believe this. I'm going to be playing at the Hackney Empire tonight and she she couldn't believe it she's going oh i saw such a she may have even seen the beatles there actually i can't remember um uh, you know and and it is is in places like that and they look you know tatty and grim from the outside abbey uh, abbey road looks like looks rubbish from the outside yeah yeah uh, but but you go in and there's just there's just history you can feel the history there you can feel it can, can i can i be a topper yeah go on go on please do mate yeah <laughs> When I was uh, when I was fifteen at school, they did like a district. I used to play double bass when I was at school. Oh yeah, and uh, they did like a district because uh, I'm from Newham. They did a. It was called Newham Goes to Town, and they did a concert at the Albert Hall. Uh, so I played at the Albert Hall. <laughs> yeah. are you, oh really? Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are we, are, we, are we playing poker? All right. <laughs> <laughs> are we, we're playing poker. Yeah. Go for it. All right. Well, fine. I'm, I'm going to lay my hand. Uh, you played at the Albert Hall, yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't like to go on about it. Not bad, not bad. I, um, I had to go on stage at the Royal Albert Hall in front of complete... Was it a sellout when you were there? I should imagine so. Okay. <laughs> I went out as a complete sellout, and I had to say the following words, Billy. <clears throat> go on. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome not one of the best rock and roll bands in the world... The best rock and roll band in the world, The Who! Blimey. Here we go, Billy. Now, are we still playing poker or have you folded? Uh, it was a good game. It was, it a, was a good game. It was a good game. Was. Was, you're, you're, a, you're a graceful loser. Thank you for that, Billy. I really appreciate your call, mate. No worries. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. I, I know some of you... Um, 
get um confused that we don't have topics on this show um so here here is one you can kind of sink your teeth into although it's a little bit vague and um esoteric now grace dent is she saying she was that about my my scar so she was saying oh my god that's in a good sense yeah oh my god this is brilliant oh my god she what she's thinking is oh my god i've written an article for you know whatever newspaper and um i'm gonna have to junk that and i'm gonna have to work all through the night now to 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 write a thing about the scar day nights or the Sade nights. That's that's fine. I'm sorry if I've caused you any problems there, Grace. I do apologise if it makes your life a little bit more difficult, but there you go. Um, sometimes, you know, these things happen. So here's a topic for you. Um, j- j- just magical places. Magic. Let's compile a list, and ideally you'll have been there, but not essential, of magical places. Um, Abbey Road is magic it's a magic place i've never been there i've driven past it i went and stood outside it on the night that george harrison died i stood on the other side of the road now loads of german um students outside smoking dope uh, i remember that the the smell of dope was heavy in the air outside abbey road uh the night that george harrison died um the royal albert hall is definitely magical i don't know if i would say well i suppose all of these things are um they're very personal so i don't know if i would necessarily say the old mecca bingo halls but they used to be you know cinemas and before that theaters but i I don't necessarily pick up on the magic vibe but but that that worked for billy so be as vague as you want or as specific as you want we're looking for magical places 0844 four nine nine one thousand is the phone number it's going to be dom then it's going to be kieran and then it could be you this is talk radio late night ian lee on talk radio we have ways of making you talk right let's crack on shall we good evening dom evening sir how are we doing i'm good thank you very much indeed dom what you got for us well on topic first uh hacienda in manchester Uh, um i'm slightly too young to actually go myself but you read the history, you see the documentaries, and you think, clearly that was a place to go to. It's now. Isn't it um, like a block of flats or something? Yeah, they knocked it down. Uh, Peter Hook stole the name, and uh, allegedly stole the name, right, yes, and yes, sold yes, it yes, to yes. the apartment block, oh. and made a lot of money from it. Oh, well, you know, this is good, good, good for them. Good for them. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Night, I, I never really was much into nightclubs, but I've been to a few. And um it's weird when you go down and there there booze is involved and you know for some people there might be drugs involved there are all things that heighten and alter one's perception of their their surroundings and when you go in um and there's a real sense of anticipation and excitement when you go in it's um you know most nightclubs have kind of a magic vibe but the trick is to always leave before the end because if you stay right till the end there's that horrible moment when at two when or three, yeah, when the lights come on exactly, and you yeah. realise you are in a really dull, grey, literally painted walls and floors, probably painted grey basement with um, all kinds of fluid on the floor with surrounded by people who are nowhere near as attractive you know yourself included you you because because you've been dancing for an hour and you've been sweating and you know and, and you like to think when we when we dance and the lights are down low we like to think that we are sexy and attractive and of course we're not um and, and the lights come on and that that spell is completely broken 
completely broken. It's voodoo, though. It's voodoo. It's, 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 it's a strange... This is why I don't throw parties. Because there is a strange voodoo involved in um, creating the right atmosphere for a party. And I, di- I don't know what the spell is. I have no idea what the spell is. So, um... Uh, well, it helps if you can tolerate other people, and I can't, so my clubs never really did it for me. Parties, I can't stand up my own party. Here's the thing, right? I, I, I never... I have never... I've never picked up a girl in a nightclub. I only went a few times, right? <laughs> never picked up a girl in a nightclub. But my technique... And I've, I've, I've worked out why, Dom. My technique was not the most sophisticated, right? To... <laughs> To, to tell a girl that I liked her at a nightclub, right, I would dance with my back to her and her back to mine, right, and she'd be like with her mates and I'd be like with my mates, and I would slowly try and back into her, and I don't know what I was expecting to happen, whether we would like bump into each other and turn around and go, oh, hey, yeah, and then we'd start <laughs> dancing and then we'd start snogging. I don't know what I was expecting to happen, but my slow backwards advance or retreat, whatever it may be, into this young lady, and she was basically, generally, I would imagine, looking back, thinking, who's this lanky idiot? Why is he bumping? Why is he bumping? Can we go over there? This bloke keeps bumping into me. And it never, it never ended up in, um, not even a conversation, let alone a snog or a sexual encounter. You know, it was. I don't. No. Well, I've got to say, you're not unique in that because I'm. You're a bit of a midget to me. I'm six foot six. Oh, so I, I like it. <laughs> last time I went to club, I was bored out of my head because it was. It wasn't my class of music at all. Yeah. And I was standing towards, like, on the steps leading towards the dance floor. Yeah. And I was, I was watching, and it was like. Uh, pride of lions, except it's the males, not the females, doing the hunting. You'd see like two girls dancing together, yeah. and then you'd see a crowd of like guys just sort of going towards them, and then one of them would sort of break away from the pack and do your little going up and down the back shimmy, <laughs> get nowhere, come back, and the next one would go in, and the next one would go in until they got bored and went up to the bar or something. It's ridiculous. It's worth going just for that social experiment, just to I have t- a look and just see the movements. Of I the tell crowd. you, I- I've never been a player, right? You may be surprised really? to hear. You may be surprised to hear that. But I tell you, the coolest thing that ever happened to me that made me believe that that magic can happen. Right, I went to see, and my it was the embarrassing thing, thing was my sister was there. My sister bought me tickets for my birthday years and years ago. Um, I, I was in my second year at college, so that would have been ninety uh, four to see Arthur Lee. At the yeah. garage, right? So Arthur Lee's his old sixties, you know, acid casualty. Who's was, was brilliant, and he was sort of. Do you ma- want stalker alert? Sorry, do you want stalker alert? Yeah, where? Yeah. I, I know what happened. Oh, I do, remember. Oh, do you know this? Right, yeah. well, <laughs> right, so we went to see him at the garage, and it's a tiny venue in London that holds I don't know six hundred people. And I was right at the front, and my sister was a little bit behind me, and I was drunk as I was a lot in those days, and I would be more I drunk. Remember. And I was dancing, and Arthur Lee was singing, and I was getting into it, and next to me there was a girl, and I have no idea how this happened, but we're dancing, and then suddenly we're snogging. And this was the, I was thinking, this is the coolest thing, and this may be where my backward dance technique came from, I don't know. (laughs) But suddenly we're watching Arthur Lee, and then we're right at the front, and then we're stood there and we're snogging and stuff. And it was, and the embarrassing thing was, 
she gave me her phone number and i found her up the next day kind of thinking right well we're going to carry on where we left off yeah. and it was just the most awkward she didn't want to talk to me phone conversation of all time it was terrible you didn't even swap names what did you expect uh, well i know i know isn't it <laughs> awful i mean gosh the um the, the the cockiness of youth but that stuff never happened to me but it did happen to me once and you know what i shall always treasure that night as a it being a brilliant concert best birthday present ever probably and um i got the snogs in with a mysterious mysterious girl so it's going to be our chapter seven of the book, and you're going to end it with, and my sister's disapproving book made me. She get she did my my sister did give me uh, rightly so rightly so good for my my sister, but she did um, give me a very very dirty uh, a dirty look. But um, anyway, did we get to the point of your call, Dom? I'm confused. No, we didn't get YouTube up. Oh, they get well. Go they go on then. Sorry, what was it, Bob? Kieran, I'll come to you in a minute. What was it then, uh, Dom? A karaoke catch up, but I changed the format. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> change the form. Right. <laughs> okay. Probably twice now. I've got, to, I've got to keep us one step ahead, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I heard. I listened back on the brilliant Matthew Stevenson podcast the other day, and I've also downloaded all your official ones. Today. Thank you very much indeed. And I sounded well out of sync, but on the phone I sounded in sync. No, so. it, it's a weird thing, right? And I, let me get geeky for thirty seconds. I have no idea why this is, and logic dictates it shouldn't work. We're having a normal conversation, and there is no delay. But whenever yeah. um, music is played, and this always happens, it's, it's happened for years. Whenever music is played, there is a slight delay on the phone, and so a person singing on the phone will never on any radio station in this country be able to sing in time with the music that's being played it's it's i don't know what it is and it and it it, 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 it works in some ways as a joke because it makes the person on the, the phone sound even worse than they actually are yeah, yeah. but the three yeah. but on the phone it sounds like you're singing in time and i don't know how that works but anyway i, I played it back to the missus the next night i was like listen to this it's brilliant and she's like you're way out what are you talking about i'm like no no i swear to god i wasn't <laughs> swear to god <laughs> right anyway change of format um, I was going to do a Barry Manilow song, but I haven't queued one up, so I'm going to do a different song. And basically what it is, is I'm going to sing to a certain point in the song, and I'm going to give you the line that you've got to continue with, and I'll stop, huh? and you've got to continue with the next line. What? Uh, basically, uh, okay. You've got to find, I'll, I'll give you the line, and yeah. then I'll start, Yeah. and you've got to find that line, and as soon as I get to it and stop singing, all right, you've all got right. to carry on. Yeah, go on. Easy. <laughs> this is easy. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What's the song? Well, no, you can get a song after I start singing it. Yes. You've got to recognise it and find it, but I'm sure you will. Well, OK, well, when do I know what line I have to come in with? Around about now. You're great. OK. It's a boys, oh, mum. Well, hey there, people, won't you land in here? Because I'm the story to tell, and I'm telling it here. I was born in a town in the great UK, from the baby to a boy to a man today. I'm a musical man, and I'm a man of words, but I got a little problem, it's getting worse. But my life is so well planned, the rapping and the dancing and the punk band, because rapping is my bread and butter, but it's hard to rap when you're born with stir, 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 stutter. Well, no one's ever seen what I mean from the age of na 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 13. You've all been caught in my mouth trap. So join with us in the stir, 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 stutter rap. Well, it was 82 when I joined the boys, and I was hip and I was cool, and I lost my voice. The kids all scream and starting to shout when you open your mouth and nothing comes out. And it breaks my heart seeing out on the job, because records only over when the vocals start. And I'm down and out, and I'm down on my luck, and I'm living on my own, and I have for a friend to say, 
Is that my cue? That was your cue. Well, the internet is moving very, very <laughs> slowly <laughs> tonight. Here we go. Oh, the internet. The kids are fans. Oh, the internet. The internet. Oh. We're, we're let down. When you open your mouth and nothing comes out. And it breaks my heart. And we're not on the chart. Because the well. record's nearly over. Oh. The, the internet was slowing me down. Ian, you've not just disappointed me, you've disappointed yourself. That's true, it's fair, fair point, fair point. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm sorry, not Dom. sorry, sorry, Dom, sorry myself. Just think about what you've done, okay? Sorry, Dom. Good night. Thank you, Dom. Oh, man, I'm such a loser. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Uh, (laughs) oh man all the plans we had for a submarine special out of the porthole that's not fair guys we put in so much work i'm sure we sent around robin saying we were going to be doing a submarine special don't touch (laughs) full set submarine um oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand kieran hip 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 kieran good evening it's quite a nice um chilled show this evening yeah and looking at that i wasn't actually going to call in tonight but then then when you said that it was going to be chilled that i thought that i would phone up and and i would try to talk very slowly and uh, chill and see how i did okay Okay. Uh-oh. But then a man played a song <laughs> called Stut- Stutter Rap. Am I right? <laughs> and who do I have to write to <laughs> to get you and this pony station shut down? <laughs> I'm only kidding. No. You have to write to Ofcom. Um, perfect. Yeah, go on. Write to Ofcom and um, write to my boss, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At the Sun newspaper, Fleet Street, Australia. And, um, yeah, you you know what? You're probably... (laughs) You're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You are. You are, actually. That was well out of order. Okay. Shall I continue? Can you? Sometimes. Uh, if I'm not talking to a, 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 a national radio station. Well, yeah, if you saw the figures, you'd be all right. Go on. Uh, well, well uh, and that's what I was phoning up about. Oh. And uh, you sent a, a kind of tweet out today uh, and asking about how you could all up your figures. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, 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 and we should stick it to working uh, the Steve Jobs and actually game the uh, 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 system and the uh, trick iTunes so where then it sends you straight up to the top. Hang on a minute, what did you say about Steve Jobs? Because I hate to break it to you, Kieran, but he he's dead. What? Yeah, sorry, man. Steve Jobs died, like, I don't know, two years ago. I bought ago. an iPhone last week. How can he be dead? Well, no, yeah, the, his, his, um, his spirit 
Uh, iPhones yeah. are now powered by a tiny bit of Steve Jobs's soul, uh, ah, which they've managed to decant. Yes, but um, but yeah, Steve yeah. Jobs himself. No, how do I get Siri to work? Because I wanted to ask Siri a question today for the first time the, ever. The donkey, yeah, and the, the, the donkey. You've got to hold down the uh, kind of home button and it, and it then and it then a little wave uh, and the kind of form will appear. Because it often it often activates screen. in my pocket. And the kids like ah. it because the kids like talking to Siri, um, but but it doesn't. Um, I okay. Well, I can't do it now because I'm um, using yeah. it to stream uh, this to ninety-one people watching on Patreon. Beautiful, and they can have ninety-one awesome, and they can have been individuals. I bet. Yeah, yeah ninety-one great, great <laughs> uh, uh, human and beings. They're non-judgmental, uh, and they can have open-minded. Yeah, yeah. That's, it, that's the beautiful people. That's, that's what right. the internet tends to. Um, those are the people the internet tends to it's attract. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, and the kind of that I, uh, and the kind of that I can't find any uh, uh, and the kind of evidence of this. Or and the kind of what everyone who kind of listened to kind of your podcast all unsubscribed. Yeah, uns- and, uh, but, unsubscribed. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and uh, and uh, for twenty four hours and we did nothing. And then you and they kind of made a kind of a kind of call to arms, yeah. and and then all of us and they kind of subscribed yeah. all at once. Right. Surely that would make a little. That would make well, a blip. Yeah, that would send us up the charts yeah. a bit because the chart is based on new subscriptions. My yeah. fear would be that by um, getting everyone to unsubscribe for twenty four ah. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might realise that their lives are better without this podcast. As someone said, it's the yeah. podcast is an hour of me shouting. And it's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's but, correct. But, but they might go, suddenly their lives might just improve by, or they might yeah. perceive their lives have improved by me not being in their inbox. And they might go, they might just go, oh. Ian who, mm. you know, how quickly they forget and they'll go and find a new, go and download Scrooby's Pip or something. They'll find something new to listen to. We are, I mean, I am kind of last year's mm. news. You know, I was big in November when I got the sack. Oh, yeah. And now, um, now I'm, now I'm, an, I'm a nothing. Oh. No, stop it. I'm stop a nothing. That. Oh, shut your face. I'll shut your face in a minute. Oh, yeah. And they're kind of, and they're trying to keep me quiet, are you? I will, uh, I'll keep you quiet, quiet sunshine by giving you such a wallop you you'll you won't have a clue what's going on i don't think you've got much of a clue what's going on anyway kieran i'm trying to help you i know and i'm sorry i'm just it's just i'm in i'm in one of those moods i shouldn't have taken it out on you come here give us a big hug come on come, come on, on there come, come on, on fella. come on yes Yes! Beautiful. Thank you, man. I needed whoa, that. Whoa. Hey, steady whoa. on. Steady on, the, Kieran. The, the end, that was a that was, um, that was, that, that was that the was old... That That's what we call the old BBC tickle. Learned that from many of the great presenters I've worked with. Uh, Kieran, nice to talk to you. 0844-499-1000. It's Gatford! And unsubscribe. Sorry, just doing something on iTunes. Gatford Cats. <laughs> They're playing since these babies. Gatford Cats. There's a Mountain Dew. Well, there's 1,562 guitar pickers in Gatford. And they're playing huh? guitar a heck of a lot better than I ever would. 
I've reworked uh, Nashville Cats by the Loving uh-huh. Spoonful into Gatford Cats. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> it doesn't it's work. a winner. It doesn't. Well, I know. Yeah, um, it doesn't uh, work. Talking of famous places, the Cats yes. Broadway Theatre. Yes. Yeah, uh, Gary Wilmot, um, uh, <laughs> Richard Blackwood, and uh, Chad and Dave have played there. Where's the Broadway Theatre? Which Broadway? Well, Catford Broadway. It's called the Catford Broadway Theatre. It's on the Catford Broadway, right by the Cat. I drove past um, what I believe is an office block in Slough two days uh-huh. ago. And I said to the boys, boys in the back of the car, I went, boys, that used to be a cinema. That used to yeah. be, I think it was an ABC, I'm not sure. And I said, boys, Nanny Linda used to take me to that cinema. What did you see? I said, well, I saw the Empire Strikes Back there. They were impressed. Yeah. They weren't yeah, impressed see, with every Did you other... see cartoons on a Saturday morning? No, didn't do that. I'm not that old. Okay. They right. weren't impressed right. with any... Right. The other films I rattled off, right, were Popeye, o- Octopussy, uh-huh. The Devil and Max Devlin... Starring Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby was the devil. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. Hey, Bill Cosby was the devil. (laughs) Uh, Bill Cosby, the devil. Mm, Art mirroring life. Bill Cosby is the devil in The Devil and Max Devlin. Uh, Where else did I see that? Anyway, it was weird, right? Because there wasn't um, enough room to queue inside. I remember they had a poster for Scanners. When did Scanners come out? 81? Oh, no, nah, probably 79 or something, wasn't it? No, it was, it was Scanners, was, Scanners was an 80s film, I'm going to say. Was it? What, the one where his head explodes? Yeah, yeah. And there's a poster, the Videodrome. No, there's a poster for Scanners, right? And it's a fella in a white shirt, black waistcoat. And he's like, he's got his arms out beside him. And he's like, and it's his head exploding. I remember seeing yeah. that as a kid. And it must have been 81, because I would, I would have been about eight or nine. And okay. I was flipping terrified. Then you watch Scanners, it's not actually that good. But, yeah. um, but we used to have to, they, I remember there used to be, um, these tiny holes there were three holes in the floor right outside the cinema because there were three screens in there and what they would do is you would rock up like 40 minutes before the film and um in the holes they put like a stick with a big sign on it it would say screen one then they'd put clip a bit of paper on the devil and max devlin screen two yeah. octopus and you would queue up on the street outside the cinema yeah behind this behind this sign and you get let in and i don't want to sound like an old fart but i remember when they would do an intermission in the movies yeah and it would just stop right just suddenly it could be in the middle of a scene the film would just stop yeah and then the lights and, would come up you go what the hell is going are you go and buy a frankie's would come down with that tray of um little ice cream yeah yeah buy the ice creams or you go and buy a frankie's yeah. and um uh, I, I, I think I remember I went to when I went to Greece about three or four years ago. They were showing in an open air cinema late at night. I don't think they'd licensed it legitimately. Um, here's the thing, right? If a legal representative were to travel around most of Europe, boy oh boy, they could make a fortune suing um, pretty much ev- Greece and Spain. It's got so much illegitimate Disney um, products on display. Anyway, we went to see um, World War Z. Me and my father-in-law, right? Cause, uh-huh. And it was um, halfway through it, and it was in the middle of the scene. If anyone's seen the film, it's in the middle of the scene where he's in, in Jerusalem, and the zombies are just about to get over the wall. Spoiler alert. Then it just stopped, and they had an interval. And the interval in Greece was for everyone to spark up a fag. That's what that I, was. 
I went for film in, in, in Beckenham, and we thought there was an intermission. Uh-oh. But it turned out the film had stopped. <laughs> uh, so uh, we all got a refund, which was fantastic, because it was Batman and Robin, and it was terrible. Oh, fantastic. So we're, we're all thinking, oh, intermission, oh, how very, how very, how very pastiche, you know, how very, how very niche of this. And no, it was just dodgy. I like, I like the intermission. I do like a good intermission. Yeah, we should bring it back. Well, we should, we should, I'm going to bring it back. I'm just in the middle of the next film I go to. I'm just going to get up and walk out and go and buy yeah. a Frankie's. I've, I've walked out of a few. What, films? Yeah, Vanilla Sky. Oh, terrible. Shut up, man. It's a good film. It's a good film. I like Ooh. that. It's got the Monkey's Ooh. Pauper song in it. The only film I've ever got, for those who want a, a, a phone in, Phil, oh, there we are. Out of, oh, wait, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. The only film I walked out of was the Matthew Broderick remake of Godzilla. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, that was the only one, and um, I, 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 I didn't bother. Oh, and I, another, the only other film I walked out in was in New York when I went to see um, Beyond Borders, starring Angelina Jolie, Clive oh, Owen, yeah. and Ian Lee. Never heard of them. No, exactly. No. And I, was, I was in the first ten minutes, and then it finished. My bit finished, and I got up, I turned around, I looked at the cinema so that everyone could see me, and they could think, "Oh, there's that bloke there," and I walked out. Did you sort of go up and go, that's me, I'm out? Yeah, I'm out. I'm done. Brilliant. It's all downhill from here, guys. Brilliant. I'm looking forward to the submarine special. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit early, but um, <laughs> I'm going to ring Paul Ross. What are your memories of, um, of going down? Well, um, I was hoping he'd do a submersible special, but he's gone for the full submarine, which yeah. limits it a bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a bit but nice. yeah, I was going to talk about those six months I had the bends. Um, Good album. Yeah, good, good. Um, no, I don't know. It's, it's so niche, the submarine special. I'm sure he's going to struggle for callers again. Uh, maybe, maybe. Maybe, or maybe tomorrow, all those ex-submariners are up early. Yeah. They'll, uh, they'll call in with their memories. Well, you, you don't know. It it, it, it it could be a humding. It's, it's um, Paul Ross's submarine special yep. uh, tomorrow big morning. breakfast special, or it is a full set breakfast. Full set submarine sandwich yeah lovely all right well is that it gatford you just went up to to mock someone who's who's got quite a well-paid job yeah was that, was that it are you proud of that well um you're gonna start on hartley brewer or leave it i think probably leave it for tonight yeah, leave, yeah. leave it yeah i, think, yeah, yeah. I shan't bother yeah, jealousy like listening to a show i shan't bother okay, okay. Well, right. well come on guys i mean come on although how many times has she plugged my show on hers Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Another hour of this complete and utter tripe, Britain's best yet most unlistened to late night radio phone in show. Um, I did tweet earlier on, and maybe you can help us on this. Uh, uh, ways that we can publicise the show and the podcast. Um, Cornelius did a very funny tweet. Um, maybe uh, a station a publicity budget would help. Uh, but if you've got any suggestions, oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. This is Talk Radio across the UK, online and on DAB. We are Talk Talk Radio. Give it some lip. Talk Radio. Ah, oh, man alive. We'll have a little look through the papers and uh, we'll have a little chat. And you're welcome to um, to call in or not. It's kind of a nice. Um, Relax show. Oh, remind me after midnight. I'll I'll let you know the film that we're watching for Film Ring, but it does come with some some caution. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I'm all thumbs, no action, attention deficit distraction. My brain operates on a fraction. All thumbs, no human interaction. 
doesn't work because when you die, the machine stops. It's silent. It's when it's when the machine goes silent. That's when you got trouble, guys. That's when you've got a corpse. And um, boy, oh boy, those things are hard to hide. Uh, this is Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. We're here till one o'clock. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, people complain. Uh, the A that this show is shouting for three hours. There's been hardly any shouting soon. It's been very gentle. Um, and B that there are no topics. We've had topics, uh, tonight for you. Um, we tend not to do topics because we, we put them out and people choose generally to call in about other stuff, which is groovy, man. It's all groovy. Um, but the couple of things we're talking about are magical places. We started off with uh, Abbey Road and um, the Hackney Empire and um, other bits and pieces. And there was something else. I don't remember what it was. So I hope that helps you guys. I hope that helps. 0844-499-1000 is the phone number. Now, we do a semi-regular thing on this show called uh, Film Ring. And... Uh, we've done it a few times and we've had a couple of documentaries um, sorry, we discovered Kung Fu Elliot of course which was hilarious um, but with an underlying psychological pathos that perhaps um, became more apparent as, as the story outside of the movie unfolded um, we had uh, The Imposter um, and the, the, we've got another film uh, which we're going to talk about next Monday night at 10 o'clock right it's an incredible film it's an incredible story it's really, really grim. And I will not be offended. Loads of people said, oh, I don't fancy that. Or I only got halfway through it. That's fine. No spoilers. No no spoilers. But um, victims of child sexual abuse or um, people who might find slightly graphic descriptions i think of that um um unpalatable or find it unpalatable apart from people that the perpetrators of course um uh, but but who may find that a little bit too upsetting to watch a film about uh you can sit this one out this is uh it's, it's an incredible film it's an incredible story um but it might be quite hard work for you to watch it. And I wouldn't want to put anybody in um, a, 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 an incredibly uncomfortable or upset position because of it. the film is called Who Took Johnny? It's on um, Netflix and it's also on Vimeo, I believe. The um, the makers of the film told me earlier on. So, so if you've got Netflix, it's just come up there. And um, really brief synopsis. It's um, a story of a young lad boy called Johnny Gosh who I think was 13 14 15 when he went missing in about 1982 and it's kind of his uh what they think may have happened and his mum's story since then right and that's all I'm going to say um there are some really grim bits in it um and some very upsetting bits and I had a little cry at the end you know you know at the end when the the the, the, the it finishes and then it comes up you get like a little finish you know the, sort of an epilogue about what happened to some of the people in the film oh i had a little cry there there's a bit there you know um and there are some bits that generally you know there's one scene in particular uh and i keep mentioning it because i, I when you see it i think you'll know what it is there's one scene with some well okay there's one scene with some photographs 
that um I really will I'll be asking them next week did they have to think long and hard about including that scene because um uh it's really stuck with me that that's the that's the the kind of the the the, the, uh, the remaining image after seeing who took johnny um is is the scene with those pictures in and i wonder if there was another way of telling that part of the story without including um those photographs no spoilers entirely your decision to watch it um i think even if you don't watch it i think you'll still enjoy probably the wrong word but um the conversation that we have next week with the filmmakers and i think this is what why film ring works is because you don't actually have to see the film because the, the people that we get on i know some people again complained oh i don't i didn't i don't want to watch the film so i'm not going to listen to the hour of the show um but the people that we get on are really interesting people anyway you know and i think that the conversations we have with them certainly with jarrett and matthew from kung fu elliot certainly with charlie parker the private investigator from the imposter i think they stood out as as you know really good interviews anyway you know not because of me but they they were really good storytellers anyway and you didn't need to have seen the films to um to, to kind of appreciate what it is they're saying so that's your film ring homework um uh, who took johnny it's on netflix it's on vimeo um it is not for everybody and as always as well if you if you got halfway through it and you bailed it um you're welcome to call in and and be part of the conversation if you didn't want to watch the film you're welcome to call in and be part of the conversation it's all valid you know it's all there's no right or wrong answer you don't have to sit through to the end of the film you don't you can just phone and say i didn't like the idea of the film so i didn't watch it it's all groovy man it's all you know it all works it's we seem great so um oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand we need to have a think about what the next film ring live is going to be we did this a couple of weeks ago where we uh, hired a lovely venue the um i can't think what it's called the angel comedy two um we need to get those guys on actually at some point uh um people came and watched um uh the hero and the stalker the kung fu elliot movie and um, we had live q a and stuff like that so we need to work out what the next film ring live is going to be and i had an idea the only idea i've had so far is that we get two or three um short filmmakers to come and show their films and then talk about their films because i know that dougie anderson has made some films and i was thinking maybe about inviting him down um to show one or two of his films and then to kind of talk about it and maybe do a little reading from his a little reading do a do a a brief reading from his book so if you've got any would that work but people would come to that i think if we got if we got two or three people that had made really interesting short little films 20 minute films um and were, were interesting speakers um then i think that might be worth doing i think dougie would do it i don't know who else we would get and so i need to kind of you know kath and i need to kind of look around if you've got any suggestions for that uh, do let me know and while we're doing a bit of housekeeping then we'll crack on with the show in a bit oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand by the way if you want to call in we will call you back um any suggestions for guests right email them to me 
ian at ianlee.com you can tweet them to me at ian lee don't tweet the person into the conversation email's better um because some people you know i, I search my name um but if you at them into the conversation and i've had this where someone has added ian you should interview such and such their books are really good and I'd never read any of their books, and I looked at their books and thought, actually, I don't think this really appeals to me. And then the person who had been added started chatting with me, and it was just—it was just awkward, and it was—it un- was uncomfortable for everybody um, involved. So don't at them, at the person. You can you can make suggestions on on, on Twitter, uh, or you can email ian at ianlee dot com, um, and we'll see how we get on with that. Right. Last 45 minutes of the show. Kath, you want to pop in the studio? Uh, you can give us a call if you want, dear listener. 0844-499-1000. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0844-499-1000 is the telephone number. Catherine Boyle's in the studio. Yeah. There's nothing... Um, there's nothing in the papers, really. Well, I saw a couple of things. Did oh. you see the thing about the headmaster who had all the oh. parents going down the school today? Because oh, he'd enforced his uh, uniform rule. Good. And the parents were saying that he was being unfair. I think they accused him of being like the Gestapo. Every year, every year, you get parents who um, uh, either haven't read the um, school uniform list or, or think they know better. And they don't provide their kids with the proper school uniform. And then when the headmaster or headmistress sends them all home or excludes them or whatever it is these days, the parents kick off. Exactly. So expect at least five days of people moaning in the paper and probably straight to the paper rather than going to the council or to the school about their daughter being sent home because their trousers are too tight or their skirts are too short or their shoes are wrong. We had that at 3CR. Yeah. And they wanted us, the station wanted us to um, be anti the school and on the side of the parents. And normally we would be. But having examined the story and then when we spoke to the headmistress, I totally agreed with her. I thought she was, she was, she had, it was a really good school and they had really good standards. And part of the standards came from the, the adherence to the school uniform. Right. And they, you know, it is. N- <laughs> When I was a schoolgirl, I used to roll my skirt up to make it shorter. Yeah. Right, because you didn't want to look like all the, like, yeah. uh, you know, kids in the BHS pictures with your skirt around at knee length, even though that was the length that your mother had bought. But quite rightly, we were pulled into line. Yep. And that's what happens, except that these days, it's, your mum isn't on the teacher's side. Your mum's on your side, and she's yeah. going down to school. Yeah. And we had loads of stroppy... We had a really stroppy mum called yeah. Joanne. Yeah, do you remember? She, do you remember Joanne? We got accused of making her up. She was so angry. Oh yeah, remember? She, yeah. People thought she was a fake um, thing. I would never have fake callers on uh, a show. Never have fake callers. Ed, do you want to get a phone call? Because we're struggling here, mate. But this school in particular is in the paper today. I had to call the police in. Really? Yeah, because the parents were revolting. Some parents are real scumbags. Some non-parents are real scumbags as well. That's um... the thing is, right? When you start, because my, my daughter's got a teacher. Yeah. I'm not crazy about. Uh-oh. But I try not to say anything in front of my daughter about her because yeah. I don't want to undermine her authority in the classroom. Uh. Even though I think she's a bit of a... Bit of a wally. Well, she's clearly not got her own kids. Yes, Tris! Hip, hip, hip. Hip, 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 Tris. How you doing? Have you been listening to the whole show? I've been in and out. Oh, you've missed... Have you missed my big announcement, then? Of where I'm going? Oh, I have, yeah. Oh, because yeah. oh, you'd be a lot more excited than this. You'd be, you'd be, right, okay, so, 
and I can't wangle you an invite to this, so, but, let me tell you. So, inspired by, um, your tweet from, your reply from Giles Martin yesterday. Yeah. I thought, I'm having some of this. So I tweeted him. Just thanking okay. him for being nice and thanking for all his hard work on love and, you know, the Beatles' legacy and all that. And he replied, oh, thanks, Ian. I've been a big fan since the 11 o'clock show. Okay. It was really nice to meet you. Now, as Kath quite cruelly pointed out, he may have just Googled that, or he may have been <laughs> yeah. a fan of late-night comedy. Right, because he was a super polite... Or maybe know. he just liked the 11 o'clock show. It Some people did. It could be true. But why did you have to say that? Well... You did say it. I was joking. Well, it was it was cold. Anyway, don't matter. Don't matter because I'm I'm be- I'm bigger than that. I'm better than that. So yeah. I then thought I'm going to chance my arm, Tris. I said, Giles, I'm sure you're very busy, but any chance of an interview? He replied, Well, your listeners might find me quite dull because I can drone on, but I'd love to. Mm. Oh suddenly, my! Suddenly it gets better, Tris. We, we haven't even started yet. So then I said. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Immediately, he follows me on Twitter. I follow Ooh. him. We start DMing each other. First message, he sends me his email address. All right, okay, that's cool. I then say, listen, Giles, if you're just, you know, being polite on t- in public, you know, it's fine, not a problem. You don't have to, you know, I, I would love to interview, but I don't want to be a burden, you know, whatever. He said, oh, no, no, that would be great. Well, I, 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 let's do it. I, I've got to check with Universal, but let's do it. So then I sent a very, very cleverly worded message, Tris. Mm. I then said, Okay, Giles. Well, we can either do it on the phone one night, or I can meet you somewhere. Mm. He replies, Oh, no, we won't do it on the phone. I can either come into your radio station, or you could interview me at Abbey Road. (gasps) I went, Oh, yeah, Abbey Road, that'd be brilliant. Thanks, yeah, I'll be down there tomorrow night. I wrote, <laughs> yeah, Abbey Road might work. Um, <laughs> I'll email you tomorrow. Like he was expecting a different answer. I know, and I, I, you know, I'd confess that I'm a massive fanboy and stuff. And I, but I said, but I played it cool. I said, yeah, I'll email you tomorrow, Giles, and we'll see if we can sort something out. Flipping actress, I'm gonna, and I can't wangle you, and I'm gonna struggle to wangle Catherine, but I'm gonna go to Abbey Road and interview Giles Martin. It, li- it could only be cooler. I'm a bit if- worried about you without your wingman, though. That's the problem. <laughs> He's talking about himself, Catherine. I know not he you. was. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, I'm, I'd be more worried about Giles Martin uh, and his safety when I'm there. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit there. I'm gonna be rubbing my legs so much a fire is gonna start with the friction. Uh, it, oh, it, well done, mate. I'm really pleased. It's, for you. it's not definite. It's not definite, and it may all fall through. And if it doesn't get any further than this, boy, oh boy, what a ride it's been. But um, how cool would that be, man? Well, you can send him some RC emails now. You've got his email, haven't you? Yes, I can send him Ooh. some abuse. Oi, Martin! That second track on Love was Pants! <laughs> now, where I'll was tell it? You what, but, yeah. I was on such a, such a high last night, right? Yeah. Such a high. And I woke up still sort of tingling, but yeah. I got brought back down to earth this morning when at seven o'clock I was retrieving children's toys from the toilet. Real life. Oh, thought, yeah. uh, Real life, real London, proper busy, Leicester Square, proper busy. And that's what, and that's what the Beatles have to go through every single day of their yeah. lives, of rescuing to, uh, toys from the toilet, particularly Ringo, particularly in the 80s. <laughs> 
um but um yeah so that so hopefully that's good we've got a nice little lot of bit of beatles guests we've got hunter davis coming on we've got mark lewis and hopefully coming on soon and um, oh i heard uh, hunter davis on radmack the other day actually he's really good yeah yeah he's got a new beatles book out so um it's yeah. we're a nice little bit of a beatles trip at the moment and we're, we're, we're going to pre-record th- some of these so we like they'll be nice and spread out so it won't be you know not not everybody likes the beatles can you believe such there a are thing? some real weirdos out there. i know so we, yeah. you know we'll, we'll spread them out nicely and fingers crossed i've not heard back from them but before the show i was getting emails from america at the possibility of having mike love on the show at this time Ooh. tomorrow night live it's uh, wow quarter past 12 tomorrow night we may have but the email trail's gone a bit cold so we will um we'll, we'll see how that goes we'll see how that goes you should pop a you should pop a uh pop a little message on the smiley smiley uh, smiley smile um forum didn't you well, as I, I am no longer a member, but maybe maybe somebody else could go on there and uh, <laughs> wind up those twonks, utter twonks. Anyway, Tris, I've shown off now. What have you got anything for us, or have we done it? I'm no, I can't I never remember. Oh, I, I, I've, I've just phoned in. Really, I've got another bleak film for you if you want one. I always like bleak films. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's a British film, Fish Tank. Have you seen it? Hmm, the title rings a bell, but I don't. I can't recall it. Go on, Michael Fassbender. Oh, I like Fassbender. Yeah, he's, uh, f- yeah, he's Frank, he's isn't he? it, Yeah, that's right, yeah. I, I was at the point where I thought, maybe I'm going to turn this off yeah. about 20 minutes before the end, because I was really uncomfortable with the bit in it, which is always good. Yeah. But basically, it's about this 15-year-old girl who lives on an Essex council estate, and she's oh. had a rotten upbringing, and she's got a horrible mother, and everything like that. And she's in with the wrong crowd, but she's a bit of a loner at the same time. Anyway, her mum gets a new boyfriend. Yeah. And he seems really nice and good for them, but there's just something about him. He's played by Fassbender. Yeah. There's just something about him where you think, mm, there's something off about Don't him. Don't tell me any more. I'm having that. I won't. That's I'm it. having that. That sounds grim. Fish tank, mate. All right. Nice one. Thank you, Tris. No worries. Cheers with this. Tutty bye. I, I love that. That sounds a corker. Uh, yes, Dan. Uh, I've got an idea for the future of your radio show, Ian. Oh, yes, please, mate. This is what we need. Thank you. Now, you, now you're owned by the Australians. Yes. Um, I've been reading that in Australia, there is a radio station now which is 100% advertorial all the time. Just, just adverts. Just adverts. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's a talk station. Yeah. Get this: the guests pay to come on. This is flippant. This is genius. So it's like sort of like a QVC kind of thing, is it? It's like QVC, but it's run as a normal show. So you could be there. You could have Kathleen in the studio with you, mm. and you'd get a guest in. Might not be something anybody's ever heard of or no. care about. Well, quite often, but my guests are paying but... you yeah. for the privilege to be on your show. They could be getting their products sold to up to forty people. I can't see. Um, that's optimistic. I can't see any downside to this. Well, there is... I mean, radio might lose, but we'd certainly be quids in. I... So, yeah, I think you should do that. I think the Australian way is the way to go. You know, um, um, what's his name? Ted Dyson. The Dyson yes. fella. Ted. I don't know. I think that's his name. James Dyson. Um, okay. Bad man. Um, did it, did, has he invented everything that they sell, or did he just invent the ball hoover? I think he just invented the original Hoover. The ball, ho- the ball Hoover that he invented means that it doesn't have a bag. It's a bagless Hoover. Did he invent the ball Hoover? He just invented the cyclone technology, didn't he? 
Well, that but, was it. But that's the ball hoover. So the ball no, the hoover. The ball hoover was the next level. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, so the yeah. first one would get, it just it was just a hoover that had a, cla- a clear bit and no bag. Yeah. Well, that's easy. Anyone could have invented bits that. And you can take on and off. So if a bit breaks off, you can just order a new part, and you don't have to ho- order a whole new yeah. hoover. We've got a ball hoover. Who it uses? Do I don't want to do. I don't want to do a bad stand-up routine from the nineties, but I'm going to. But who uses all the different attachments that come with a hoover? Me. All of them, though. What are they yeah, for? I do. I've used quite a few for crannies and nooks. I've Don't got three cats. The, 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 those tools are essential. I've got a dado rail. I know how 90s. You've got a what? Dado rail. A what? A dado rail. Right. Do you know what one of those is? I know what a dado rail is. You know, the sort of, um, like, a, it's kind of like a little thin strap of wood that goes all the way around your walls halfway up. Yeah. You can do different colours at the top and at the bottom. A dado rail. But you know what they're originally for? Pensioners. No. To stop uh, you, um, so when you pushed your chairs back, it didn't mark your wall. Oh, you just mark your dado rail. Yeah. You can get a cream for that, though, can't yeah, you? you can. You do that, yeah. And you do do on your dado. Um, whatever yeah, she I've was got, saying. I've got a non-bleak film for you, as well, if you want one. Okay, yeah, go on. It's called The Wizard of Speed and Time. Mm. Now, this film was never finished. Yeah. But it has unofficially being released by its creator. Right. It's, a, it's made by a special effects genius. Yeah. Is it you? And it's written by and stars him as said special effects genius. Yeah. The storyline of the film is he's a special effects genius trying to get into Hollywood who gets ripped off by a dodgy producer. What is this? The Wizard of Speed and Time. Is this a real film? G- g- are you Googling this film? Find no, this, I'm not. Find this it, it, it is a real film. Because it sounds a lot it, like Nigel from Maidstone's Life. It probably is, because he did an original short in the 70s, it was about three minutes long, and then in the 80s turned it into a 90-minute film. Jeez. Oh, he's but really, this he's film real. about a special effects producer who was ripped off by a dodgy producer. Yeah. He was ripped off by a dodgy producer. I love the fact that the word special effects is shortened to special effects, meaning that in, in itself, when it's written down, it's a special effects. That's it. Is it the, the actual word becomes a special effect because it's That's special it. effects. And the film is chock full of special effects. It, we're talking subliminal messages throughout the whole oh. film. Things flashing up on screen. Um, it's amazing. Do you want me to give you the, the resu- resume? I think we've got enough. I think, it, no. A young I- man in a green wizard costume runs through America at super speed, much like the superhero The Flash. Along the way, he gives a pretty girl a sweet, swift lift to another city. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It, so- it sounds awful. Ed? <laughs> Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, there's not a lot in the papers. It's all um, it's all sex, 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 and it's not all Keith Vaz's sex. Um, I mean, already I know fart. I, I, I was saying yesterday, I don't think Keith Vaz in this instance has done anything particularly wrong. He may have done wrong elsewhere, and he's a slimy little rag um but that's not a criminal offense no it's not it's not and when i've met him he's been slimy and, and I have a friend of mine a female interviewer and he was slimy around her and uh, you know one it's just he's just a he's just a slimy little so-and-so but i don't think he's done anything particularly wrong um you know in terms of he shouldn't stand down as an mp yes he's probably right to stand down from the uh home affairs. i don't i never really know what the home affairs select committee what their power is do they have power or do they just mm, ask they questions? review they review legislation yeah, but what's the power they can make law 
they can change law they can sack people they can I think they by reviewing it they can turn it back to the house so they can that's how it works i don't know anything and can you refuse to go if if like you get a letter they get summoned but but it's, it's not a but it's not a legal summons like a court summons when you have to attend. I don't think you have to Wasn't attend. Wasn't there a thing with Mike Ashley where he said, "Oh no, I'm not going to go," and he's, you can come to me, and then then you realise that they, you they go. generally go because it's it's you know it's they good, get shamed good form. But I don't think that you legally have to go. So I just read the weirdest story here. It says sex. It's all sex. Sex, sex, sex. Everywhere in the papers today. It's sex. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. I've laid the table. Oh. Is the headline here. And this wasn't the story I was going to read, but a 42-year-old man was jailed for a year in Ohio after a na- neighbour... Oh, God, I've just... I thought it was on. It's not. It's with. After a neighbour filmed him having sex with a picnic table. You're a picnic table? Oh, I know how. Through the hole where yeah, the, the umbrella where goes. Yeah, parasol goes. Flipping out. That has got to be... Um, that would work. Uh, we, well, I would work. This wasn't the story I was going to do. Still, you've got to you got to look at your life, haven't you? If you're doing that, yeah. Well, well, forty two. Also, they're not that strong. If it's one of those white plastic, oh, ones, I imagine go it, through that. I imagined it be like the wooden ones you get at, at parks and stuff. Yeah. But I hope that's been properly treated. I don't mean to a drink beforehand. OAP romps make you feel grand. Oh no. But they spelt grand, grand, G R A N A N E D. Um, a rampant, oh, no. <laughs> rampant. I mean, who uses the uh, who uses the word rampant? A rampant sex life in old age increases women's chances of living a long time. But and here's the the rub, Bernard. It can kill off men. A study reveals. Here we go. Right. Elderly males who do it at least once a week are almost twice as likely to suffer a cardiovascular... Twice a week. Once a week. Twice as likely. Right. Once a week. Jesus, still giving it some. Uh, More than twice as likely to suffer a cardiovascular problem than those who do not. Well, I'm going to live quite a long time. And people who find sex... (laughs) What is this? This is nonsense. People who find sex with their partner extremely pleasurable or satisfying are at an even greater risk. So if you're enjoying your sex, <laughs> you're going to die. You're going to die. Gosh. But if you're not enjoying your sex, you're gonna, if you're having miserable, cold, shameful, uh, unfulfilling sexual intercourse... It'll feel like it takes longer and you'll live you'll longer. You'll live longer. You'll have more of it. Oh, gosh. Look out, Vaz. Experts say the increased use of performance-enhancing drugs, mm-mm, such as those used to tackle erectile dysfunction, may be to blame for heart problems. Well, yeah, because they put pressure on your heart. The the, the poppers and um, I'm sure they're not suggesting all people take poppers. And um, the vi- <laughs> the Viagra. Well, they might be. They might. The Viagra it puts um, it puts a lot of pressure on your heart because the blood is being sent all we, around the yeah. all around the world. Older men. This is so really this is just such a weird turn of phrase. Older men oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand by the way. If you want to stop this filth from happening. Please. Older men are also more likely than younger fellas 
to overexert themselves. Oh, blimey. But data indicates that elderly women who have regular sex reduce high blood pressure risks, and those who have the most frequent and enjoyable romps see the greatest benefit. Romps. Um... Uh, so yeah don't do it if you're an old man if you're an old woman get in there get in there my son get in there girl you go for it you want it you're feeling it you have it but you're gonna kill him off well maybe no. you want to kill him off the kindest thing is to go younger ladies yes exactly so if you're how old would you go when when i'm properly old no no no. How, no how old a gentleman would you um mm. consort with um i would say how old is joan collins now i have no idea 70 I would, I would say i think she's older than that is she can i actually google her i'm gonna say joan collins is 82 all right let's have a look so i'm gonna say she's 83 there we go yeah i'd go her husband's called percy i'd go do you remember bungalow bill wiggins yes uh why was he called bungalow bill wiggins because <laughs> it was all downstairs I was he not very bright? I would go. Oh, it was all downstairs. He had a big um, Johnson. Well, then why didn't they call people him? People say that you know, and I don't think you can find that out until Sorry? you get. Pa- well, right. <laughs> I've got friends uh, uh, who uh, you know go out with people, and you think, what's going on there? He must like a baby's arm. Must, but you'd have to get past the lack of personality to see that. Surely, you know, you, that's not. Some people have sex to be polite. I've had sex to be polite, just because it was... I never... I've never done that. Um, I would go no older than a Collins. Oh. Huh? No. But she looks glamorous. Well, yes, but it's... It's a wig. I I can't have sex with someone who's got a wig on. She'd take it off, though. It'd be like... I don't don't bother me. I mean, Joan Collins would be amazing. But, um, it wouldn't bother me a wig. God, that's that, that, that's really um, bigoted of you. I didn't know <laughs> really? you. Were, I didn't know you were anti bald. Oh, no, no, I just no. The transformation would be too great. Um, Phil Spector, of course. I like to know what I'm doing it with. I don't want to be doing it with someone in disguise. Well, don't wear padded bras. So same thing as a wig. Exactly the same thing as a wig. The padded bra is exactly the same <laughs> thing as a wig. Is it? A high heels, exactly the same thing as a wig. It's masking um, the person's true identity. Right, okay. Uh, Phil Spector, of course, always wore a wig. Yeah. And when he was married to Ronnie, he would get up an hour before she mm-hmm. did and put the wig on. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. didn't know he had a wig. Liberace in that film. That was a shocker. That, that was. That film was supposed to be funny. I didn't think it was funny at all. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. It was billed as um, an hilarious romp. It wasn't funny. Um, it was very, very sad. It dark. Who was it? Michael Douglas and who was the young lad? Uh, Matt Damon. That Matt Damon. But yep. I thought they were both really good in it, but it was not what I was sold. Anyway, how old would I go? Probably about... Oh, no, I couldn't go as old as my dad. Could you not? No, that's out of order. I'm not, uh, how old's your dad? 60. Come on, mate, that's no age. Exactly. That is no so age. So I'm not going anywhere near Sean that. Sean Connery. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, sh- shut up, of course you wouldn't. How old's George Clooney? I'd, I'd, I'd probably, you know, I'd, I'd make an exception. He's got to be 52. All right, OK, 52 then. OK. How young would you go? Stop <laughs> living, heck! Um, I couldn't go below thirty now. I've been be I've been as young as sixteen. When you were sixteen, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, yeah. But now I'm saying, oh, I couldn't go below. 
32 to be comfortable at a push 31 but i would feel even more ashamed after the sex act than i normally do <laughs> okay Excellent. certainly if their age began with a two uh, no. uh, uh, no. i ain't going there as sweet as it may be i ain't having none of that honey on my toast uh, uh, uh. i'm not touching that honey pot no that's not for us anymore is no it? god i mean that would be but then there are some men my age 43 if you're asking and don't i look good for it um they would go they go with girls where the number at the beginning is a one i know i told you about that is a I? one and it ends with a teen i know a one teen. That, that's not your department anymore. No. You've got no business shopping there. That is that 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 is closed. I don't even know where the town is where no. the one teen is. No, that girl no. is your child's babysitter. No, mate, she's not the stepmom. You're I'm glad we've laid out our stall there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. It's good to get these things cleared out. Yeah, of course. Yours for one hundred pounds, a Nazi loo roll. Oh. Toilet paper issued to Hitler's troops is going up for sale at auction with an estimated value of a hundred quid. The roll is part of a collection of Nazi memorabilia assembled by a private Irish collector over 25 years. The unopened roll of Edelweiss brand Closet Papier, brackets, toilet paper is said to be in remarkably unused condition well i should hope so it's a very pretty packet the rolls wrapper includes a small print of the nazi imperial eagle it goes uh, goes under the hammer on september the 17th we had a german world war ii helmet in march which sold for uh, uh, eight and a half thousand pounds and the guy whose collection it is from was one of the bidders it's fascinating. Someone in 1945 would say, you know what, I'm not going to wipe the shizen from my arson. <laughs> no. And I'm going to put that toilet paper aside because someone will find that interesting in the future. Well, you may have got it shot off. This is their actual quote, right? Go on. It's fascinating someone in... And this is the auctioneer. Do and they're know? Irish. They're Irish. Do, do the voice. Them. Go on. It's fascinating that somebody in 1935 oh. would see... We'll put their toilet paper aside because someone will find that interesting in the future. You would have thought if it would have been used during the war. That's what they've actually said about that. Yeah, but they might have got shot or something. I could have done. There's Plenty lot of, of them did. Lot of shooting going on. Well, or, or had the the butt shot off. Someone <laughs> got their bum shot off. Yes. Who got their bum shot off? There were a lot of people got it shot off in the war. Wow. Yeah. That's Arms, legs, backsides, things, bits. Oh, I got me. <laughs> I can't I'm use not... this anymore. You see, exactly. We've all seen. Get on eBay. We've all had a mate's granddad who lost their leg, or we've all seen old soldiers who've, who've lost an arm and they've got that that arm. But very rarely, and let's not forget the soldiers who um, we we don't see sitting down. They can't sit down because they've had their arse shot off by by Jerry. <laughs> so you can imagine what happened. Yeah. Helmlick. <laughs> Helmlick. said i have no more use for this stick it on to ebay also no more use for the um uh papier for my arson is not working i've no ass as it was shut off by the british during the world war ii 
So those damn Tommies are very good aim. So I got to put the paper in the cupboard as a reminder of when I had working arson. <laughs> well, that's that sorted. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, we're getting a text through, and I have no reason to dispute this. All it's no name. All it says is, Lee Marvin got shot in the arse during the war. <laughs> Shall I check that? Shall I fact check it? He had a very low voice, didn't he? I was born under wandering stars. What am I putting in Google? Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin arse shot war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, ass per ass. Well, hang on. He was shot by machine gun fire, which severed his sciatic nerve. That's around your butt, isn't it? That's the back. Wow. Well, the sciatic nerve, that's all along the... That's up and down the spine, so no, I'm not having that. Could be his coccyx, couldn't it? Helmlich? (laughs) Yes, Hannah! Is this Ian Lee's late-night love show? Well, if 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 your love is getting uh, shot in the bum, well, then we <laughs> don't knock it till you tried it. Yeah. I was ringing up to stop all the filth. Yeah, I know, it, and that's because Catherine's in the studio with me. <laughs> oh my god, she's really let let the she's really let the girls Sorry. down. Well, go on. Oh. Go anyway, on. Hannah, what you got for us? Um, well, I was wondering if you could play a bit of my girl's pussy. <laughs> She right wants out. to clean up the act. Just crying out loud. Uh, I, I might play a little bit before. Uh, it's good that song, isn't it? Roy, um, what's his name? Roy Harry or something? Ray Harry Harry Ro- Royson. Yeah. Harry, Ray. I don't Harry know what Roy it. Roy Harry. Something like that. Um, yeah. We might we might play a little bit of that. We might play a little bit. You mucky pup. It's good that song from 1931. My girl's pussy. <laughs> My girl's pussy. I mean, he's so <laughs> cheerful about it. When did the yeah. it, the thing is right? Because I always thought it was an Americanism, pussy meaning vagina. But the joke, obviously, how did they get away with that? And are you being served? And did did everyone know that it meant vagina? I don't know whether they did. My grandma I had a series of obscenities explained to her once when she got sworn at by someone horrible. She didn't know what they were, and she was in her seventies, sixties. Imagine having a joke on a family TV yeah. show where the punchline is, "Oh, it's my vagina." Do you know what they call it in Spain? In Spanish, it's not. It's not a, nothing to do with Persuage. cats. <laughs> no, it's nothing to do with cats. It's a conejo. Cornetto. A cone- a cone- Cornetto. No, a conejo is a rabbit. Oh, for crying out loud! I think Nunu sounds better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or uh, Wang Chung. Foof. Yeah, we go. <laughs> what do you call yours, ladies? Well, my friends' little girls call it their twiddly. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And I know people who call it like Mary and Well, Mary's yeah. Yeah. Well. It's all a bit it's all a bit twee, isn't it? It's um We need what a fighting We need a fighting word. You I can't say what I call them on the radio. That's part of the problem. Oh. Um well thank you for that, Hannah. I told my You've... daughters the real word for a boys one the other day and they found it hilarious because we'd just been to see the Peanuts movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, thank you, Anna. You've, you've, I wouldn't have thought it possible, but you've lowered the tone <laughs> even further. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye-bye. Mm. Oh, she always does that. She does. She's filthy. Maybe we need to impose um, um, some kind of ban on mm-hmm. her until she learns uh, the error of her ways. 0844 
499 uh tony's on the line evening tony hi there Ian. what's a, a word a word what's in a word a rose by any other name smell of sweet are you having you know, a, are you having a mental breakdown because each call you make you get just a little bit further away from reality with the the nonsense you start spouting. More what, whispery. What is going yeah. on with you? Are well, you I ill? Think that's probably true. Ian. Yeah, um, could be. I could am be. getting be. farther and farther away from reality. I can't even remember what I phoned up to call about. Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, these. Can you tell me? No, it doesn't say on my well, screen. It sounded like you were doing a, doing a prelude to um, suggesting we were being. Um, I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Uh, worried about using language when it came to ladies' parts, but I really don't want to go there with you. No. Well, that's, that's quite interesting. Huh? It really is. Um, well. Yeah, because why, why is it a problem? You know, what is wrong with using the um, uh, the real physical words, you know, the, the clinical words? Mm. Oh, okay. Well, but you don't, you don't say, how do you spell unacceptable? T- uh, two Cs. What, how many ends? <laughs> Just one. Un- yeah, that's right. Just one. Acceptable. There we go. Yeah, that works. Red line doesn't come up. Um, what? They're all unacceptable. No. The, the actual clinical words. No, no, no. I'm talking to um, Limmy on Twitter. Catherine. Um But oh. you're not going to tell. Why would you say to a five year old that that's their penis and that's a vagina? Well, why not? Those are the real words. Well, yeah, you could do, but. but Or you could call them your willy. Yeah. Yeah, you could do. Yeah. 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 My daughter yeah, has another right. friend who calls hers her creases. Oh, that God, is. God, no. I know. Because one day she'll yeah we're not repeating it. <laughs> okay. One day worry. she'll be a, an eighteen-year-old girl seducing a boy, and I she'll know. go, "Oh, l- look at my creases! <laughs> it's so horrible, isn't it? I want you to touch my creases. <laughs> it's so horrible." And it'll be like, "Yeah, do you know what? Actually, well, <laughs> I'll take you back home. <laughs> I've gone right off you. Yeah, dearie me. When when did you learn about other people's creatures, Lillian? There we go. I think I think we've um, Tony's constantly asking really personal questions, I know. isn't he? We're always teaching on the edge. There, he were very very close to the edge. Let's go to um, Jim. Jim's on the line. Good evening, Jim. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. Hello. 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 Yeah, is that is that Ewan? Yes, it's Ewan. Yeah, it's, it's me, Jim the dancer. Hello, Jim. Oh, Jim the dancer. Yeah, how you doing? All right. Oh, flipping it, Jim. How the hell are you, mate? Uh, not too bad. I had to, I had to ring up to you know to, to talk to you. I, well, you I've, been, I've been here for six months, Jim. Where the hell have you been, man? We've been waiting for you. Now we can finally get the show started. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been trying to get through for a long time, but I had a bit of trouble with the computer. You know. Hey, these things. For those who don't know, right? Jim the Dancer is an absolute legend. If you go on YouTube and type in Jim the Dancer, you'll see how many videos did you end up making in the end? Uh, we made uh, five hundred and fifty altogether. Flipping best one. Heck. This one is Mar Baker. Uh, and they're all on YouTube, and I went and made one with him, and it was an absolute joy. And I was you sent me a message a while ago, and I'm really sorry. I've forgotten your mate's name. It wasn't Charlie, was it? Uh, Dennis. Dennis. Dennis, sorry, yeah. Dennis, who, who used to use his garage to film them, and he passed away a while ago. I, I, how are you doing, yeah. Jim? Because I know you were very upset by that. Yeah, yeah, it's destroyed me, really. Uh, we had four cats. We had to put them in a cat's protection league and all that. And, uh, you know, it sort of like put me right back a bit. Yeah, I know. I, I bet it has. He was a good bloke, Dennis. He was. He, um, he, was. he, he made was a terrible. He made a terrible cup of tea, Jim. I'm going to be honest with you. I can say that now. He made a terrible cup of tea, but he was. He oh. was. He, he was a nice bloke, and I know that you two got on very, very well. And he was very helpful to you. Um, he was. Yeah. You yeah. got. You got. You got anyone around? You got p- friends around you, Jim? That you could. Because I, I worry about you a little bit. 
Uh, well, uh, yeah, I know a few people around, you know, I go on a few okay. gigs in pubs and things like yeah. that, you know, on the stage and stuff, but uh, apart from that, you know, I'm not really working or nothing like that, so I'll just do a bit, few gigs. When I, um, Kath, when I did my Set the Agenda variety night, a couple of nights, uh, maybe, mm. one or two, I got Jim down to come and do a turn. I've seen some videos. Yeah, but he, he came down and, 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 and um, danced with the band and it was it was absolutely cracking stuff. We'll have to see if we can sort something else out again, Jim, like that. Yeah, but I've done some uh, uh, some uh, a lot more better videos uh, than what I used to do. Now I do some uh, really good stand-up uh, uh, open mic things, you know. So what what do you do? What oh, so what, what what do you do at the open mic nights? Then you're not doing stand-up, are you? Oh uh, yeah, I do stand-up uh, like a comedy setup. You know, put a uniform on, a made-up costume, like say in a cat yeah. form. And just sort of uh, with electricity inside, or uh, dancing around with a box of tea bags, you know, inside a PG. <laughs> Gosh, that sounds very elaborate. Did you say there was electricity inside your suit? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I put uh, two electric wires into the monster at the top, and they flash on and off. You are absolutely nuts, and this is uh, uh, this sounds absolute. This sounds incredible, <laughs> mate. Incredible. I'm I'm glad because I yeah. was I was worried when you sent me that message a while ago. Yeah. I was worried that with Dennis passing, that you wouldn't find uh, uh, an outlet to um, yes. to do your performance. I know how important it is to you, um, and that's brilliant that you've kind of you've you've moulded yeah. it and evolved it into something a little bit different. Well, we we made all the costumes when he was there on the YouTube videos, but I've taken a few on the stage as well. But uh, it's nothing elaborate. I'll tell you what we're going to do. I've just I've just thought of it. Right, don't worry about. It. I've just thought of it. Right, and this is what yeah. we're going to do. And you've you've inspired me, Jim. Right. Okay. We the next night that me and Kath are going to do right. This is exactly what we're going to yeah. do. It's going to be brilliant. Um, we're going to do a variety night at right. the same venue. We're going to bring back set the agenda for one night. We may call it something different. And yes. um, uh, 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 me and Kath will do a turn. Um, okay. But the acts are going to be the listeners. Oh, you know Nigel oh, will right. be in. Okay. Yeah, brilliant. It's going to be brilliant. Jim, would you be up for that? Yeah, watch yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we, we're going to do this. We'll have a little think about this. This, And also, remind me tomorrow, Kath, and we'll start touting it on the show tomorrow. We will have uh, a yeah. variety night in the venue that we, we did film ring in. This is going to... I've got it. I've got it. And um, all of the turns will be listeners. Should we call it yeah. talent ring? I've got some... <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so silly. Go on, Jim. What were you saying, mate? I've got some brilliant costumes out there. I've got all the costumes, you know, John Travolta, uh, uh, Grease, you name it. Don't, don't do and the thing, the one, the one that really upset me was when you did, um, jamming by Bob Marley and you smeared your body with jam. Don't do that. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, these <laughs> ones are more superior. These ones are like, uh, proper, proper done up ones, you know. Jim, listen, uh, we're coming to the end of the show. I'm so pleased you phoned me, mate. You've really cheered yeah, me up yeah. and you've given yeah. me an idea. We, we, we'll, we'll do a night and we'll, we'll get you as part of it, okay? Yeah, okay, then. yeah, all the best. Then. Nice yeah. one, Jim. Take care, mate. Make sure you don't you don't leave it so long next time. That's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. What are we going to do? Um, I will just host it. We won't have to do, oh, good, okay. do, do, do anything. Like I'm not that. doing share again. After no, no, no. Um, that's exactly what we'll do. Right, and tomorrow we'll start auditioning. Oh, this is it. We do yeah. this show. Tomorrow we'll start auditioning, and we'll we'll aim to put it on um, towards the end of October. There we go. Sorted. Sorted. It's, it's literally. It's as simple as that. That's and it could be, be anything. It could be, you know, Jim's going to come on and dance like a loon. Nigel from Maidstone wants to come and play the drums or sing a song. Um, 
people want to do whatever you know people want to come and juggle i mean the thing when i used to do this variety night the joy of it was we would have a harpist playing nirvana songs followed by a contortionist followed by a magician followed by a stand-up followed by a singer followed by um uh we had this guy who was called the the card ninja and he just had cards and he would just flick them really hard <laughs> <laughs> and he was brilliant and we had to pay him actually we had to pay him quite a bit of money but the card ninja we do stuff like that so that, that that's what we'll do we'll, we'll have a variety night and we'll, we'll, we'll aim for for um uh a, a saturday or a sunday in october beautiful what a way to end the show on um an excellent idea nice to hear from jim as well ed thank you very much Catherine. up yours de laws oh. dear listener don't forget the podcasts uh, go to itunes type in ian lee and uh, please 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 subscribe we shall be back tonight at 10 till then from us ta-ta talk radio dial up some dialogue talk radio we'll get you talking